Happy Wednesday, folks. Welcome in. Thanks for tuning in. Man, Mr. Calais Campbell had a few nice, actually a lot of things to say uh, about our squad this week in his conference, man. It was nice to hear a 15-year vet say stuff like that. We'll get into that. We'll talk about what his impact and what his role is going to be on the team. Draft is three weeks away. We're really going to hone in what we're going to do here at eight. We're going to trade back. We're going to move up later round options. What we got there. We're joined by another special guest tonight. Mike, you ready, buddy? I'm ready, buddy. Out of your falcon mind. Let's go. Welcome in to episode 98 of Out of Your Falcon Mind, Atlanta Falcons fan cast. My name is John, your host, joined by my co-host, Mr. Mike Cottrell. As always, buddy, what's happening? Almost at 100, man. I can't wait. 98, 99, we're creeping along, man. I'm I'm enjoying this. Can't wait for 100, buddy. Yeah, man. Uh, two more, man. Uh, well, one more after tonight, right? So mm-hmm. we got next week. And just to, just to give you guys a heads up, and I'll say it again at the end of the show, uh, we're going to have uh, our boy Chris on next week from our, our saints fans so we're going to talk some saints off season some falcons off season obviously the we want to see what's going on with our rivals and i'm sure he's going to have a lot of things to say about us taking a couple of his defensive members and his defensive uh line coach so um, it'll be interesting to see we've had a few texts back and forth and uh, overall he's not been very happy with it um mm-hmm. i'm dying to see what he thinks about Derek carr man i really am yeah me too because uh, we haven't really talked about it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so make sure y'all tune in next week. We'll talk about that. And then the week after will be the 100th episode, which, of course, we told you guys before. Um, we'll have a lot of creators coming through, man, and and stopping in. We'll have a few cool questions to, to ask, and we're going to mm-hmm. open it up to the chat as well. We'll put the link in the chat so you guys can jump on uh, and for a few minutes and talk with us if you want to, man. And, uh, again, same questions. If y'all come on, you're going to have to answer the same questions that we got for the creators too. So mm-hmm. just know that. But um, they'll be good. They'll be, they'll be, they'll be relevant and uh to the show it'll be fun uh as always guys brought they're coming to you on the variety sports network make sure you check out variety sports for any other teams you're lot you're following baseball basketball football wrestling you name it bunch of shows on there man uh vsn football if you want to look at some of our rivals they're starting to build we just got a steelers podcast uh they just joined obviously it's not a rival but you know if there's if you have any interest in their teams feel free to check them out uh, and also, if you're watching the show tonight, make sure you hit the like button for us. Helps us get out there to more Falcons fans. Hit the subscribe button if you have not already. Mike, I looked at the analytics, man. It was like uh, like 70% of our viewers are subscribed, which is good. That's great. That's but really the, great. Other 30%, what y'all doing, man? Come on. You're already here. You're already here. Like the video and subscribe, especially subscribe. if you come back. If it's if nice. we some ass juice, if we ass juice, <laughs> if, if, if we the fries in the bottom uh, of the bag, then don't subscribe. But if you like it, by all means, subscribe. That's right. That's it. Um, and of course, you're listening to us on iTunes and Spotify. Drop us a five star review. We will. And if you write us a few words on iTunes, we'll gladly shout you out on the show. Um, so yeah, man. Um, before we get into it, we are brought to you today mm. by Don't Know Shit at All. Don't know shit at all. The so, new miracle drug. If y'all haven't seen uh, the latest little video that we did or the mic did um, today, it's three minutes and 15 seconds. I suggest you go watch it. If you want to laugh, uh, you will do that and uh, share it. Let our people, uh, let everybody else know, because there's a lot of folks out there that could use and don't know shit at all. I'm just telling you. It really is. 
It really is. A lot of folks on Twitter that could use just a pill, a daily pill is life changing. Do you <laughs> struggle with things like saying, I don't know, I need to do more research before I get back to you? Just these things. If you struggle with these symptoms, don't know shit at all. The new miracle drug. National media, Twitter, you know, man, it's, it's all, we could all use a little dose. I'm just saying. We could all use it, buddy. Yeah, man. So uh, we do have a special guest, man. Let's go ahead and bring him on, buddy. Mr. Xavier, what's happening, brother? The X-Man. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? What up, buddy? So if y'all don't, if y'all are on Twitter, y'all probably know Xavier, or if you don't, you should. Uh, The man does his research. He looks at film. Huge Mm -hmm. Falcons fan, huge Atlanta fan, fellow Georgia State alum, as uh, as myself as uh, as well. So, uh, man, start off, buddy. Talk about your Falcons fandom. What year did you start? What was it a player? Uh, just growing up here like how that all started yeah uh i think the first reason why i became a falcons fan was actually despite my father who's a saints fan uh wow. yeah, that's a good hey that's a good kid man now that's yeah. good parenting i love it yeah you know uh just wanted to you know go against the grain a little bit uh early 2000s uh, obviously michael vick was kind of the first guy that was like yeah this this is it for me this, this is where I, this is where my fandom goes um i think my first jersey outside of like your generic like tj max vic jersey with just a seven on it and ain't got his name on the back you know just a black seven <laughs> yeah. uh was probably probably roddy white uh wore 84 oh, all one. throughout my college my football career high school and college uh so yeah kind of ran with that uh, but yeah been a falcons fan ever since uh and this year I'm, I'm this year i'm gonna be a season ticket holder that that's the goal for this season love it get in the arena at least, you know, if not 75% to 100% of the time for our home games this year. Yeah. I love it. I got a question. Is- now, hold, now, hold on, X. Was there ever a time mm-hmm. where you teetered on that line and you almost went over to the dark side and became a Saints fan? Hell no. No, Hell no. I, I still remember I still remember the most heated argument my dad and I ever got in. Uh, yeah, if it, I won't say hands were thrown, but it was close. Mom had, mom had to come upstairs and go, hey. Hey, hey, calm all that down. It's just yeah. a game. Uh, some yeah. definitely some heated conversations between he and I. Uh, and obviously, you know, he's from New Orleans, so the whole mm-hmm. ha- whole side of his family that diehard Saints fan. So mm-hmm. I've been I've been through the battles, the wars, like nobody's business. Every Thanksgiving mm-hmm. was a whole conversation around me yep. and my fandom. So I'm ready. That's why I love talking to Saints fans because they swear up and down we don't know their team, and I know mm-hmm. your team like the back of my hand because my entire family is aware. There you go. So yeah. I love it. That's awesome. So, is, is Roddy like uh, would would he be your all time favorite, or who who is your all time favorite? Funny enough, my all time favorite is probably Harry Douglas. Um, I'm a small yeah. guy, um, but I loved Harry's game. I loved his physicality. He put his body on the line every time he was out there. Yep. Um, and I felt like I feel like Harry Douglas may have been a guy that was like maybe five or six years ahead of his time. Uh, we see it all over the NFL now with him. You know, with guys like Terry McLaurin and company, like just short dudes who don't care. And yeah. make plays. And I think that he got pigeonholed. You know, obviously, you know, you got Roddy, yeah, Julio. Mm-hmm. You know, he was obviously going to find his, you know, fit in where he needed to fit in. But I think Harry in a different time could have absolutely been a monster, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. With you. Yeah. Dude, there's a lot, of, a lot of short dudes in this draft this year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, there really is. Uh, for current, current squad, favorite player. I'm going to hit y'all with a really weird one. And that's Good. just, and that's, D'Angelo Malone, but this comes to a conversation. This this has a little bit of a deeper meaning. 
GSU played WKU his last year there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually got a chance to meet the kid and kind of talk to him. Uh, okay. You know, I was working for uh, Georgia State's videography, uh, athletics, and working for the football team. Um, mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to kind of just, you know, talk to him, see him, see his mannerisms, the whole nine, uh, while he was still at WKU, and just loved the kid's energy. You know, obviously, Georgia mm-hmm. State ended up winning that game. It was in Mobile. Uh, but I thought it was a great, you know, I thought he was a cool kid. I thought he was a great person. Um, and so when we took him, I was like, oh, yeah. Bring him in. Like, I'm back on, baby. Like, absolutely. Come on through. I hope he has an excellent year. You know, we're going to get to talking about the defensive line here mm-hmm. in, a, in a second. And I think he's one of those kids outside of AK-47 who's going to have an opportunity to go crazy with all the other guys mm-hmm. that we've had. 100%. Yeah, man. Uh, now, it just goes to show you the difference there that when I graduated. Because when, when, we, when I was in school at Georgia State, they sent out a questionnaire that said, if we have a football team <laughs> – Oh, would you God. would you come to the would you go to the games? I'm not kidding you. Like they sent that shit out, and so uh, we all marked like, yeah, well, yeah, that'd be great. Let's get a football team, and then we did long after I graduated. But mm-hmm. it's okay. It's uh, it's there now, and you know they did, they did a great job, man, repurposing Turner Field. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was yeah. If, if you haven't been down there, yeah, check it out. We're uh, it's it's nice. Um, great answers too, man. Because yeah, he was the yeah. first one who said um um uh, Harry Douglas. I don't think yeah, I've heard Harry before. before. Yeah, no. anyone yeah. said Harry, and Harry is underrated because Harry will go across that middle and have he, no fear. All the dirty work. All right, that's 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 mm-hmm. what I'm looking for this year, as far as receivers are concerned. We got we got we got the Julio and 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 the Roddy kind of on our mm-hmm. roster already. I'm looking for guys who are gonna come here, play five to six years, and they're just gonna put their body on the line and play like every game is their last. That's what mm-hmm. I want to see. That, that's mm-hmm. what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they're gonna have a chance with these coaching staff. I don't think that's. I mean, they're not gonna allow anybody in the door that's not gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, and we they've already shown that. I mean, like Brian Edwards, not nah, see it, man. Like Anthony right. Rush, nah, ain't working out. Like, so I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely that way. Um, all right, before we get into class, man, let's hop in the chat, see what's up. What's going on, Liam? Liam, buddy, what's up? He is apparently watching and playing. Uh, I think he's playing the show right now. <laughs> so he's got that. So he's, he's all on that. Season. Yes, sir. Gary, mm-hmm. what's up? What's going on, Kerry? Vic, what's up, bud? Made another live. Vic, yes, sir. Another one. Bubba Gump, what's happening, man? Bubba Gump, Steam Shrimp, Kendra. <laughs> Kendra, good see you. <laughs> oh, what's up, Miss Bam? What's going on? Jordan, what's going Jordan, on, brother? Jordan, what up? Oh, man, let's see. Ty, what's happening, brother? Good to see you, man. Ah. ATL Faithful, what's going on, man? Yo, Appreciate you, dude. Thank you. Make sure you all check out ATL Georgia Faith. Make, make sure you guys check him out on, on YouTube mm-hmm. for sure, man. Uh, Appreciate you, man. Appreciate Jordan, you, Jordan. Appreciate you, buddy. Carrie uh, said, you guys are definitely not the fries at the bottom of the bag. You're the fresh fries straight up. Oh, there. Right. No, no. that's even better. Well, that's we gotta put, we, we got to put that on a T-shirt. Yeah. Let's right. do it. How about it, Kendra? Didn't know you went to GSU. Yeah, Look at this. Yeah. We've got a GSU podcast going on. This is great. Mike, you need to take a few classes there, bud. All right. Um, <laughs> false start what's up brother good to see you man what's up buddy he said next time bro tell your family it took them almost two decades to tie the series yeah. <laughs> there look, you go. look i got you man i got you there you go uh atl jordan said malone gonna get him no doubt wow, yeah, he's I here. hope so brother and uh Chris, excited for special guest Thank xavier you. big respect for telling the falcons when mm-hmm. all your family the ain't fans yes sir yes sir. yes sir all right so i got a question real quick before we even start going yeah, man. xavier if you have to, you have to keep one because you said your man was Harry Douglas, so you can only keep one. You going Zacchaeus or Scotty Miller? Oh, I gotta go. I gotta go. Who actually? Mm. I was, nah, 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 you nah, almost nah, answered nah. that without even thinking. Yeah, yeah, I did. So you had to reel yourself in. Yeah, so what you saying? I'm gonna have to go Scotty, and the reason why I'm gonna go Scotty is Scotty is a part of what I like to call the return game. Right? Okay. Scotty will go back there, and anytime we need him this year. 
he's an electric returner if you need him to be. That okay. kid can go. And I love, yeah, like I say, short dudes. Myself, I was a short receiver in high school and in college. Scotty's a part of that gang. Hey, hashtag short gang, man. Look, mm-hmm. we here. He run a 4 2 8. I'm not as fast, but I was close. I was close. Wasn't as fast. But look, I, I love seeing short receivers go crazy. So give me Scotty. And I was also a returner. So yeah, I'm, I'm biased. So go ahead and give me Scotty. Absolutely. Scotty Miller. Yeah. You got to love it. No shade to Alameda. Yeah. I love Alameda's game. Don't get me wrong. But I'm going to take Scotty. And also, Scotty has somehow killed us unnecessarily yes. over the last couple of years. So I'm happy to get him away from, yes. uh, from Tampa. Y'all took mm-hmm. one of ours and Russell. We're going to take mm-hmm. one of y'all and Scotty. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I uh, I think Scotty's going to be one of the sneaky, sneaky good signings, man. Ever this, this, this year for sure. Um, all right, man. Getting into Calais. Obviously, he, uh, he signed. Officially, and he had his press conference this week, man. He had about a 25-minute-long press conference. I had to take some notes on it because he said so much <laughs> stuff. Um, it's crazy. He said basically that he had, you know, obviously other options. He was really close to signing with another team, but mm-hmm. he decided uh, they just felt it just didn't feel right. And he had a 20-minute conversation with Arthur Smith to begin, kind of learned what the direction was for the club and really believed in it. Uh, you know, spoke with Nielsen, spoke. He said he had a long conversation with Fontenot, talking about just everything, life, football, you name it. Um, you know, and one thing that was cool uh, is he said, you know, he's the type of guy who does a lot of research and he, he does a lot of deep dives into where he goes. And I believe him. I mean, he's 15, 15 years in the league. You know, you're not just going to pick a random team to go to. Obviously, money comes into play. But, mm-hmm. you know, at this, this is normally the time in people's careers when they want to go have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're not going to just go to, you know, a crap team to – to just find her out the rest of their years, right? So he said that uh, you know, decision was based off of football. And he said he really he really believed the team was going to be really good. He wanted to be part of it. And obviously he spoke with Mr. Blank as well and excited about continuing on continuing his charities here in Atlanta, as well as the Arthur Blank Foundation, stuff like that, which is cool. Um, he talked about what he liked in the team, potent run game. He thought Algier looked really special. You know, he didn't play against him. He was out that game in Baltimore, but he was able. He said you know, he had, he helped in the game plan for it. Obviously, he watched the game. Um, he he thought Ritter played his best game against the Ravens. Uh, he said Drake looked really good. Saw a lot of talent and young. And he said basically, you know, looking at the the road games last year, we were one and I think one and seven. I think maybe one and six, something like that. He said, but all the, all but obviously the Bengals game was a one score game. You know, and he said what what that told him was it was it's a young team trying to figure it out because we were six at three at home. You know, and so he basically saw a young team with a lot of talent and he saw, you know, he loves Jesse Bates. He loves the way he plays football. He's always respected him. Uh, a lot of respect for on Yamada. Uh, he said, basically said this defense can be a force, man. He said he prides him or uh, he said the biggest question for him was how the team was going to use him. He was excited to find out they wanted to use him as a true D end. Mm-hmm. And not like, and he, and the team didn't say Cam Jordan, but he, in him knowing Nielsen's defense and what Cam did in that mm-hmm. defense, kind of that role. And he said he projected himself playing around 60% of the snaps, whether or not that's, uh, I think, uh, Mr. Rothstein, I think he tried to follow up and say, you know, is that kind of a high number or do you, do you know that for sure? Uh, but either way, that we, what we talked about on the show before, Mike, he's not going to be playing all the time. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's going to be a part of a rotation at that spot. Um, but that's just something that obviously he was excited about. He believed the organization was trending in the right direction. Uh, he said, I can bring a lot of violence, which was great to hear. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what you want to hear from your big ass defensive end, right? Yep. Yeah, I can bring a lot of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, if Desmond can be who he thinks he can be, you would not be surprised to see us playing in January and February, which is super damn high praise considering 
the four games Desmond played. That's great. I mean, you, you don't want him to come in and say, man, I'm really not sure about this Desmond kid, but we're going to do the best we can. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna, Of course, he's going to say that type of stuff. But, I mean, I honestly believe him again. Like, I, I don't think he's just blowing smoke because I think mm-hmm. he has looked at the team. He has looked at the, what we've done in the offseason. He knows the draft's coming up. Uh, and he also he alluded to playing against Arthur when he was at Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And he said that was one of the tougher offenses for him to for them to scheme against because of how he ran his offense. So that's good praise toward Arthur as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the last few things, man, like I said, I'll, I'll wind this up and let you guys talk. Cause like I said, I had to go through like pages of notes here while I was mm-hmm. um he said, you know, Atlanta's building something. And the question is just how long was it going to take? And he felt like it we could really do something this year. That's just his that was his opinion. We, we could really do something this year. Um he said he's excited about bringing his leadership skills. They, they asked him about the pass rush. He said, honestly, it starts with Ryan Nielsen's game plan. But knowing what he did at, in New Orleans, he's great at scheming up the rush. It starts with Grady. A lot of young guys like Ebiketti, Malone, that can get to the that can get to the, to the passer. So obviously that's important. They asked him about how he's been so successful at this late in his career, and he said, "Man, pretty much God," because um, he's like, "I've been healthy." You know, and that's been just one of those things. Like I've had x-rays and people told my knees look like I'm a rookie. He's like, so that's just something you can't really explain. I've just been blessed to be healthy throughout my career for the most mm-hmm. part. Uh, and, and the work ethic. He said he went and hired nothing but the best of the best when it came to his body specialist. So he didn't he didn't cut any corners. He went and found the guys that are going to keep him in shape. Uh, Nutrition-wise, everything. You know, so uh, I found it interesting. He said Bruce Smith was one of his mentors. Mm-hmm. Play, and Bruce Played 19 years in the league, yeah. you know, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I was one of my favorite pass rushers uh, growing up watching. Um, and he said, big thing about Nielsen is he's process driven. He's brilliant mind going to put going to put the work in and a great communicator, which he thought was all important coming in on being a new coordinator. Uh, and he said he thought obviously being new to the system and a lot of players being new to the system, there, there would be a little bit of time it takes. He's like, you know, so don't expect it to be just clicking like from the get. He said he expected us to be playing our best ball later in the season, because which obviously is more important if we're actually making a playoff run. That's when you want to be playing your best ball. And um, he believed that uh, with the run game and a solid defense, you know, you can go, you can go pretty far in the, in the playoffs. So, and he, he did talk about how the division was there for the taking, how the NFC is kind of just you win and get in and see what happens. Uh, so, and lastly, he said his first impressions of, Star, of Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot was super high. Uh, he said originally Atlanta was not on his list as a free agent landing spot uh he said arthur made the phone call was just trying to get a visit and he said he sold me on it so i came in and visited uh and then from there he said they sold me that was it um he's like i did, it just felt right from there and he said uh you know just like he's where, where he's supposed to be so xavier buddy open up to you man what's your thoughts on this whole what he said and just kind of outlook on what he's gonna bring to the team look this front office continues to cook in ways that we didn't ex- that i don't know if everybody expected this offseason Right. Obviously, you expected them to cook with the money. They did that. They made the splashes. Mm-hmm. But it's been the things that a lot of the players have come in and said. And Calais is one of those guys who doesn't mince his words, is extremely honest. And if he had anything negative to say, I think he would have said it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, when you look at a guy who's been in the league as long as he had, he's seen it all. You know, one of the, the, the number one things that I loved about his career path was he played with a similarly young team in Jacksonville that kind of had to figure its way out. Um, and, you know, you, you remember some of the cast of characters on that roster with Jalen Ramsey and company. I think, you know, him being a part of that kind of locker room, just, you know, he's going to pour into so many of the guys on his team, right? Mm-hmm. I, I can already see not only the guys on the D-line that we may be getting the draft, as we'll talk later, or, you know, uh, the guys who are already there, like a Taquan Graham, 
but what he'll just do for like a Troy Anderson, right? Just being there, you know, helping him understand the gap fills, helping him understand, you know, what he's trying to do on the defensive line to make his life easier as a linebacker um, and things of that nature. I could just, you know, and obviously with him being a Walter, you know, Walter Payton man of the year, what he's going to do in the community, right? Obviously Atlanta's community is extremely tight knit, um, you know, and I think, you know, what he's going to be able to do here and knowing that that was one of the reasons as to why he came is extremely important for me. Um, you know, and I think that, He's going to be such a good guy in the locker room and going to be such a good guy on the field. You know, you know, you think about he's almost 38, if not 38, but still had four and a half, I think four and a half or five sacks last year. Mm-hmm. Still extremely productive. Uh, one of the things he said in the po- in the uh, press conference is he said he thinks he has a lot of years left. Mm-hmm. I think this is a man who thinks he can play till 40. You know, whether that it happens, it happens, right? Uh, but I think this is a guy who looks at this team and goes, I can be here for another couple of years. You know, I know the one year deal is cool, uh, but I don't mind seeing Calais next year. If he's, if he's, you know, extremely productive this season, mm-hmm. um, you can never have, you know, enough talent, you know, at this level. And I think he's a guy who brings in a bountiful amount of talent, if not just in the, the, the pass rushing, but obviously in the run game, Calais is a beast. He's a freakish of a human being, mm-hmm. six, eight, you know, 300 plus, you know, you, you hear him talk, you see him walk, you know, yeah, yeah, it's a scary individual every time he steps on the field. He might be somebody who have to go get a custom jersey made for, to be perfectly honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he's just going to be one of those guys that, you know, when when Arthur Smith came in here and Terry Fontenot came in here, they talked about changing the culture. That's a culture change. That's mm-hmm. one of those kind of guys, you know, one of the things Art has talked about his entire time here is what? I want to get more physical. I want to get more violent. I'm tired of the soft era of the Falcons. That's the kind of signing that makes that, you know, permanent, right? That brings in that kind of wave of players that when you come through the locker room, when you come through those doors, put your hard hat on. Whether we're practicing, whether it's preseason, whether it's a mm-hmm. game, get ready to go. And, and lastly, I want to be a fly on the wall in Grady Jarrett's home over the last three weeks. Oh, man. I just want him to be mm-hmm. able, you know, whether it's from text messages, phone calls, you know, him reading the notifications on his Twitter account. I just want to see the smile across his face because that's mm-hmm. a guy who for the last, you know, four or five years, you know, as this roster has kind of had to be rebuilt uh, from the ground up, has been just a warrior for us every single time. And you can hear it in his voice, you know, he, you know, in that last press conference at the end of the year where he was like, we were that close. But it, that's what the league is. You can just hear that he's ho- so hungry. He wants to be in the playoffs again. He wants to be able to be productive on a higher level again. And we have done nothing but help him out the entire offseason. Mm-hmm. Right? I know he's like, I got on your Eddie Goldman came out of retirement for me. Mm-hmm. You know, Calais Campbell now added. We ain't even got to the draft yet. And there's nope. some guys in free agency that I think the Falcons are, are, are at least keeping tabs on to see if they can get him on a cheaper deal after the draft is over. So mm-hmm. I know he's, looking, he's just like, I know that grin on his face for, for a Georgia boy who probably wants nothing more than to help the Falcons succeed is just loving life right now with the, you know, the guys that who, uh, who are going to be next to him this season. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with him. Uh, I'm going to say this. I think that his benefit, um, he's a little bit older, but of course still talented on the field, but his greatest benefit will be the extension of the coach on the field. He needs to be a coach on the field. Uh, the whole team, I don't know if our team is like the uh, the youngest, but we could be like the next two or like We're the actual there. youngest in the league. And, and we need coaches on the field, like you said, to help Troy out, to help you understand what you got, to help you understand how you made a mistake or to calm yourself down. I think he's going to do wonders for the coach on the field, and I think the man is still supremely talented at his age. It's a win-win. And I like, of course, I just feel like this. If you come to Atlanta, 
and you hang out, it's not a lot of people that be like, I ain't trying to go play there. If you mm-hmm. just come to Atlanta and you experience it for two days or for like a weekend, you gonna want to live here and have a house here and strip clubs and man waffle house and you gonna want to do all that. It's Atlanta. Look, I couldn't agree more with you. I, I think there's been this whole thing with Atlanta doesn't get free agents. We ain't never had an opportunity to. Yeah, like, we never had an opportunity. I, like, we never had an opportunity. We never had the money. But every free agent we've ever brought in in our history always talks about yeah, Atlanta. Ever always talks about either owning a house mm-hmm. or bought a house to rent out. Like any, like you know, they have some kind of stakehold here in in the city. And so whether it's John Abraham or Michael Turner, mm-hmm. all of them yep. still you know come around. You you can still see them outside. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying if you just out enough. And so I, I think it's a misnomer to say that. Oh yeah, you know we're not. A, a free agent destination just because uh, of you know people not knowing what Atlanta has. And I'm like that that's that's the, not the case. Oh, and to answer your question, we were the sixth youngest team in the NFL last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I know we got a little bit older with Calais and Onyemata. I know we got a little bit older there. Obviously, more than thirty plus. Uh, but I still think you know you, you added in the draftees, we'll probably still be one of the top. Be one of the youngest, youngest yeah. teams in the league going to next year. Love yeah, and, and and you know people dog on Arthur, man, but like that's. It, I think he's that type of coach where coming from from DQ, where DQ was always the hype man, always the yeah. smile. You know, like and I have no doubt that his players loved him because he was just you know he was that type of guy. I loved him. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But with Art, man, it's 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 different. It's like it's a they still like him, but there's a definite boundary of respect there. It's that's respect. like there yeah. that you know, like we talked about it briefly before the show. Like the guys that are coming through the door, they know like real quick. What their expectations are, Absolutely. and if it's, if it's not met, then you're not you're not hanging around very long. Not here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all thought, and Xavier, I, don't, I mean, you probably did too. Uh, like we all we all thought the Brian Edwards signing was going to be great. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yep. Uh, <laughs> dude, just yeah, it didn't happen. Um, you know, and then we don't know what happened with Anthony Rush, but we thought like, you know, that's yeah. all of a sudden that he was just gone. You know what I mean? But you um, know, well, you know what's been a real kind of, even though it hasn't necessarily panned out for these two players. How they were, how they've both been treated since Art got here, I think tells you everything you need to know. Marlon Davidson, yep. we thought he was going to be a stud, but he could just never get his head wrapped around it. He was gone. They didn't waste any time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he thought you was Marlon. <laughs> I got the I got the, the, the earring hanging down. My Damn, dude, Marlon yeah. got like 150 pounds on you too. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Like, I'm good. I, uh, I wish I had Marlon's height though. Um, Man, but you know, I, I think. Marlon was gone, but I think the reason why was he didn't ever care about the altitude, right? Came mm-hmm. in the came in the camp overweight, can never stay healthy because of that, you know. And then the way that Art once again has handled the Jalen Mayfield situation, that was one of their first draft picks. Yep. If Jalen don't get it together this year, he gone. And I think that that tells you everything you need to know that they have no, they they're not sitting around sitting on their hands and being like, well, we just hope our third round and our second round picks works. Like we'll just play the guys who we think want to be here. And if you don't want to be here, you can get gone too. Uh, mm-hmm. and I really love that mentality. And yeah, I know it's rubbed some of my fellow media members the wrong way, but I kind of like it. I do too. I kind of like it. I do for too. a long time, those media members were just able to just kind of hang out and chill out. There's a little too buddy buddy up at Flowery Branch. Mm-hmm. It's not buddy buddy no more. <laughs> the art, mm-hmm. the art is very quick to be like, "Look, y'all wrote us off. We don't care about y'all." Press conference over. Have a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can tell how much he cares and like, yeah. you know, like that's, you know, that's the thing. I mean, we, we, we've, we've had our, our issues with some of the, you know, play calling and stuff like that at different points of both, of both seasons. But we, we, we said on the show multiple times, like 
he is a first time head coach. So there's going to be some growing pains with that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of glad I'm kind of glad that it happened. You know, the, not not necessarily that we've had to have two seven win seasons, but with our salary cap situation, that's kind of what it was going to be, regardless of who our coach was. Like there wasn't a, no mm-hmm. no coach was going to come in and just transform what we had, you know, on mm-hmm. a, on a McDonald's budget. You know, this wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So yeah. to see him kind of take his lumps and bumps along the road as well makes me hope that okay because yeah i think he does a lot of self-scouting himself like he can look back at games and go like yeah i probably shouldn't have called that or you know mm-hmm. this is i'm gonna do this differently next time you know like i was worried the first game of the season against the saints when we lost i was like dude did you not learn shit from last year because this mm-hmm. looks just like last year mm-hmm. but then throughout the season you know for the most part stuff got corrected you know and then if basically came down to just a lack of talent on our end that we just couldn't finish off games mm-hmm. uh, but with the talent man i think you know uh, this is his his type of mentality that's 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 football though like that's that's the mentality you want that's if that's what players mm-hmm. who love the game that's where they want to come play so man i just think if we can have a season like I, we all think we can have and we we're, we're gonna have a good free agents uh little pot to spend next year too got about so, a, got a, anywhere from 80 to 100 million dollars depending on who we extend exactly uh, this off season. so, <laughs> so i mean yeah, we could have a couple of years. Man, this here, our really. window, man. This our window. Look, y'all don't let me down. And I was looking at just some of the names, and I was just having a little fun uh, in, in Twitter Spaces the other day. Uh, but if, like, you know, we're going to talk about the draft, and if we don't necessarily mm-hmm. get an edge rush, I'm going to say two names that could be in next year's free agent class. Could be. This is this is obviously a a, a dream of mine. But uh, Nick Bosa, Chase Young, yep. both could be in next year's free agent class. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Look, yep. we got the money. Might as well. Uh, mm-hmm. but quick, quickly. One thing about Art that I love when we gave him, when we hired him as our coach, uh, a snippet that I found about kind of his upbringing. Well, his mm-hmm. dad is, you know, Mr. Mr. FedEx, right? And he could have walked into the Redskins organization, the Redskins at the time, and just got a job because he, you know, his daddy owned the team, right? Instead, he chose to leave and go work at the bottom. He chose to go work at the absolute bottom as a video analyst, as you know, uh, uh, you know, a scout. And then worked his way up. And that for me, you know, it showed me some things about the guy's character. Like your daddy, it, you could have walked into the Redskins organization and be like, look, my dad owns the team. I can work wherever I want to in this organization. Y'all can't mm-hmm. tell me anything. But to leave and go work for an organization that nobody cares who your daddy is showed me kind of a lot about his character and kind of, like you said, the self-scouting that he wanted to do at a young age and what he hopefully mm-hmm. continues to do as our head coach. Mm-hmm. 100% man 100% mm-hmm. real quick ATL George the faithful said how much of a role do y'all think Hawkins will still have that all depends on the draft man I I, I hate yeah. I hate that he's one of those guys that's going to be kind of solely dependent on the draft but in one of these trade back scenarios if we take a safety his days as a mm-hmm. starter are going to be his time as a starter is going to be extremely diminished it's just going to be um you know I I love Hawkins for what he has been but I also don't want us to get kind of in the Demonte KZ situation where he's right. not the only guy that we have that can play in that certain role. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to be one of those guys who I think the Falcons may look to upgrade the position in the draft and might have to just be one of those all balls out. But if not, if he is, he's still going to be one of the best special teamers on this team. So, don't mm-hmm. I, I, you know, his position might change. His impact could still be as big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said, well said. Uh, he said, did y'all hear Calais interview on 92? I did not. Did you, did you hear that today or whenever it was? Mm-mm. I did not. Let me Let me be – yeah, let me. I, I yeah, just, I don't either. Yeah. I just I, I watched the comp, the press conference. Yeah, I, I was like, that know. was enough for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's going on, Kenny? Good to see you, bud. He said, "What up, Big Mike? Magic Mike, <laughs> the X Man Savior." <laughs> That's hilarious. That's crazy, show, man. 
uh case i almost shed a tear when he said he was going to bring violence to our d line yeah, right yeah i want I, I, like i replayed it i was like i want to hear that one mm -hmm. more time because it sounded so <laughs> beautiful uh yeah it's time to carry uh jordan said the clay signing has me really hyped for this for this season man we nailed these mm -hmm. draft picks yeah. also yeah yeah, yeah that's that's going to be the question man uh and he said bubba said it's still a menace on the d line at his yeah, age absolutely is talented yeah and Kenner said, I definitely hope you bring some aggressiveness to our team. We need that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, just just thinking of the combinations we could have on that line is Hello. just a magical thing, man. Guys, I was uh, thinking about that jumbo package the other day on goal line. Right? <laughs> right. I was like, you're going to have Goldman, Grady, Onyemata, and Calais. Find a gap. Figure it out. That's not uh -huh. my job. Yeah, man. Kenny said, X, I agree 100%. The happiest player on our team is Big yeah, Grady. He, he played is. hard with yeah. no help. Now he's got, now he's about to ball out. And that's the thing, man. I mean, like, it's teams going to have to make a decision now. I mean, you know, do we, are we going to have to double Grady? We're going to have to double uh, Anima. We're going to have to double Campbell. I mean, what are we, what are we doing? We're we going to chip somebody. I mean, that's going to change the entire outlook of, you know, man, the, when Grady getting line. them one on ones. Man, it's like Julio Jones when he was yeah. getting one on ones. It's an automatic. I'm throwing it to you. Like it's it's now it's no contest. She said one thing about Mike. He gonna find a way to show love. <laughs> episode. You don't understand what my life is. I love them. I love them. Uh, Feed the children. No. Feed the strippers. Hilarious, man. Uh, and chat, y'all keep it going, man. We're gonna get into uh, start getting into the draft now because Ty's got a great. Uh, Great thing here for for Xavier and just in general what we got going on. So uh let me get back to that. Where is it? Uh Ty, where'd you go? Xavier, I've heard many of you Rob spaces. Can you tell the people why Bijan needs to be the pick at eight or trade back with <clears throat> in good with either? Or I'm good with either. Some people out there still saying he like every other running back. Mm. All right. So let's let's go ahead and answer these questions because I let's think I think me, E-Rob, and, and a couple of other guys in the Falcons Twitter space has done a really excellent job of getting people around the Bijan hype. Uh, I think a month ago, we were all told to go find a uh, find a hole. Uh, but now I think people are coming around to the idea of it. Um, I think when you look at Bijan at eight, what you're looking at with Bijan, and I said I put this out last night, kind of went under the radar. If you take Bijan at eight, cap hit-wise, he's about $4 million. To give you an idea of the running backs that are making $4 million this year, just to see, you know, the kind of caliber that he would be around. You're talking about guys like Jamal Williams, right? You're talking about guys who have, you know, Alexander Madison. Nowhere near the talent that Bijan is. So I understand where people talk about value, but if we're, the one thing we're talking about value, we're talking about money, right? That's bang mm -hmm. for your buck if you ask me. A kid who had 105 broken tackles last year. I mean, he is an excellent runner. Um, he's an excellent pass catcher. He's got a couple of one-handed grabs at Texas that I think most of our receivers would be like, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, I, the, the kid is just, yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't mind that comparison at all. I, and to be perfectly honest with you, I think he might be a little bit more physically talented than Edrin. I kind um, of thought the same thing, yeah. You know, and, yeah, for, for those listening on iTunes, Spotify, PFF had a, did a little comp thing, yeah. and uh, they basically comped him to Edrin James. But and I'll, I'll go ahead. Go ahead, Edrin. No, no, no. I, I think Edrin James is cool. I, I know I don't want to get caught up in the Saquon kind of comparisons, but mm -hmm. that's what he reminds me of. When you watch him on tape, you just look at a guy who can take a, you know, a five-yard play to 50 yards with a step, you know. And, mm -hmm. and realistically, I think running back, I think we maybe feel a little bit too comfortable with the running back position right now. You guys got to remember, Algier, as great as he is, our running back room is kind of shallow right now. We don't know what Huntley's going to look like off of that torn, you know, off of that injury. Uh, CP, you know, Cordero's not getting any younger. 
And the older he gets, the less and less I want to use him as an every down back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we can add a guy that just opens up the offense, like, you know, like he would do at the end of the day, remember Derrick Henry for ran for 2000 yards and had, you know, 378 attempts. He also had like 60 catches. So it's not like Art isn't going to use him in the passing game. He's going to be just a running back. But if you have Algier in the backfield and you can flex Bijan out, good luck. Mm-hmm. I, I, good luck. Like I said, like, like I say, the spaces, like I say, play Madden in your head for two seconds. Imagine you stack Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and Bijan Robinson on the outside. Which one you guard? And which one you leaving on a linebacker to go eat on? Because whomever's left on the linebacker is going to feast. And so, you know, don't think of him as just a running back. Think of him as a guy, as an offensive weapon which is kind of how we had to think about Kyle Pitts when he was taken at four. He's not just a tight end. He was an offensive mm-hmm. weapon. And that's exactly how I think about B. John Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, on the last show. So, I mean, initially going into the drafting, I, w- I wasn't a B. John at eight guy. Like I was like, I'm cool with him later on, but right. you know, like I still wanted to go either corner really. Cause I mean, and we, we can talk about the edges. I mean, there wasn't an edge this year outside that, I mean, that outside of Anderson that we, that we're in line to possibly get, yeah. it just blew me away. Like just, I, I turn on the film and I was just like, damn, like we got to have that guy. There wasn't that guy there, but corners and not to say, and also, I mean, the corners are very deep this year too. We could still get mm-hmm. a legitimate starting corner probably in the second round still. Um, but when I the more I watched Bijan, I watched him a few games like just during the season. But then I went and t- then I actually went and you know looked at film, looked at multiple games. Um, it's a different cat, man. Like I, I was trying to go back and look at you know how I rate these guys. You know Saquon comes up a lot. I'll be honest, I think he's better than Saquon. And I, I mean, go and I could take it back to AP. Like he's uh, he's probably the best running back prospect I've seen since Adrian Peterson. Man, that's, that's saying something, John. Because. Yeah. And I, I've been sending Mike. I've been sending Mike clips so he can like mm-hmm. kind of see. But I mean, mm-hmm. like the the vision he has is elite. I mean, the his his the ball catching ability is elite. Everything he does really is. There's not really a weakness in his game. Um, I mean, so yeah, and like you just said, Xavier. I mean, you you think about what we could do with the packages we could have. You know, like it, I I would totally understand it if they do that. Like I still, I, I I'm. I'm kind of at the point now, like, and, and even, even like Ev said a few weeks on the, on the show, like, I don't think there's a pick that could really piss me off that much at eight right now. And, <laughs> and uh, well, what is that for you? Skaronsky. Same here. Yeah. Same yeah. here. I, I yeah. can't, well, regardless, I can't pick a guard at eight regardless. I, don't, I mean, like, to me, yeah. like, that just like positional value. Not, people say that about running backs too, but I just think that you look at what a running back like James did, Edger and James did for Indianapolis. You look at what Saquon did for the Giants this year. Like those are guys can legitimately push you over the edge, you know, like those are game changing type, like season changing type of guys. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, and I love Algier to death. Like he was my guy. Like he was the one guy Mm -hmm. I predicted in the draft. I I loved him from the, from the get go. Like I was like, I think this would be a great fit for us, but that's going to save his legs. That's going to, I mean, I mean, there's there's a lot of benefits to it. So like I've, I've totally did a 180. Like I've came around to it completely, you know, to where like, if that, if that's how they want to go, that's cool. I don't know. I've seen some projections that say he's not, if he is there, he's not getting past Philly at 10, which exactly. him and him and Philly scares the shit on me too. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to see that. Me at too. All. And, that's, and that's the other piece. You keep him away from a team. You're, if you're going to compete for a championship, Philly's going to be there. Like just call it mm-hmm. what it is for the next four to five years. Philly's going to be there. Do you want to have to see him in the playoffs or do you want to have him? In the play- because at the end of the day, he's going to be there, man. Philly's taking him in 10. If, if right. he's How do you him. not? Because in, in, in the way Philly drafts, Philly's always at least, recently has drafted bpa for sure they don't really reach reach for nobody mm-hmm. they'll yeah. they'll get yeah. 
whatever they think is the best talent that, that can help out their team. And if it's not, I mean, and they'll move it, they'll move players around based on that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, I don't think he's, he's getting past them. So that's it, when we're, we were going to talk about the trade back scenario. So if we trade back, it's not far. It's like, if we want to get him, it's one or two spots max. Right. And, if it, <laughs> and if Philly's got the idea of taking him, they sure should have not going to trade with us for it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we, so we'll have to be, uh, you know, folks will have to, and, and, I, and I said on the show too, look, I get the idea of the positional value of the running backs, and I, I understand like how that's kind of went down over the years. But if you have not watched the film, do yourself a favor and go watch it because it might change your mind a little bit once you see the film. Mm-hmm. It's just he's just different. That's just all I can say. He's just different. Um, Victor said, uh, "No Quentin, no Quentin Johnson, Xavier." We'll get to that conversation if we get to that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, it, I think it, that's the first take this off season. I genuinely had like nobody with me. Like even with the Bijan stuff, I was like, yeah. I had like the occasional guy that was like, I mean, we run the ball a lot, but as soon as yeah, I right. was like Quentin Johnston at like tw- at like eighteen, the entirety of Falcons Twitter was like, come and get him. All right, <laughs> you, you had your time, <laughs> yeah. son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was giving the Apollo hook. They were like, all right, come and get him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Every season said, "What's up, y'all?" I'm in late by another show. Hey, man, appreciate you sh- showing you, up, man. Better late than never, um, buddy. And he said, "I'm fashion. Uh, I'm surely into Bijan at eight. We need playmakers. Yeah, man." Uh, Bubba said, "I was definitely against it right away, but I've changed my mind listening on Twitter spaces in the past couple of weeks." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you come around, man. I'll get really. Yeah. Make, it just makes sense. I mean, it really does. Uh, and he said, "Every season said that Madden analogy sold me even more." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, Victor said, "Xavier is the official sales on Bijan." There's a few, buddy. There's a few. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. Ty, Ty's the, like right behind you as far as the uh, the salesman goes. He said we also run the ball more than any other team. Tyler and Bijan for three quarters, pounding you down. Mm-hmm. You throw a fresh CP in the fourth, finish you off. Like, come on! Thank mm-hmm. you, Ty. It will allow Desmond to make more higher percentage. Yeah, we didn't yeah, talk about that. Right. We and we didn't talk about that. How much that will allow Desmond to kind of not relax, but he's got like a little bit of an outlet there. We know you've got that. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I mean, you give him a back that if you run and art. Scheme this a lot. Mariota didn't throw this a lot, but mm-hmm. Algier was a consistent safety valve for both quarterbacks um, yep. last year, and, and he schemes this out a lot. Um, especially in, in a lot of his pass plays, you just see Algier kind of standing there. I could I could probably put together a compilation of Algier just kind of standing there at five six yards. Mm-hmm. And I, I can only imagine you know Desmond, who's a guy who in college, you know, uh, you know Jerome Ford, I think was his running back yep. in Cincinnati. Used him a lot. Used him a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and to ma- imagine you know. Just look, throw. You know, it, it's something that makes a, a, the life. And I'm a, I'm, I know Desmond's going into year two. I'm going to call him a rookie because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. until he reaches game 17, he hasn't played a full season yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, or in his case, game, what was that? 13 for him. Uh, next right. year. So, you know, until he reaches that, you know, that total, I'm, I'm going to call him a rook. And giving rookies talent out of the backfield goes a long way. Shout out to Joe Burrow. Joe Mixon has helped him out tremendously um, in his time in, in Cincinnati. So if you don't think if, if you don't think Bijan would aid in the passing game, like like you said, go watch the tape, grind yeah. the tape, people. Grind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ty said there's a YouTube video out there that has every snap that Bijan takes, not just <laughs> highlights every snap, and you'll still walk away wanting him. I promise. Mm-hmm. Chris, I'm fully prepared to take it for us to take Bijan at eight. Now, I will not be surprised at all with Terry's BPA approach, tight end at four. Last draft, wanting defense, and we went wide receiver <laughs> at eight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly. Miss Pam said BJ is my pick at eight. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, it's funny, man. It's starting. To, it's it's catching fire, man. It really is. It's growing a little bit, mm-hmm. and it's. I mean, and then you look at. Look at the other options. All right. So Mike and I, we've thought about it. We've talked about it on the show a lot. Uh obviously the corner position with, with Gonzalez and Witherspoon being the two main guys. Witherspoon That's still had my his, pick. 
Witherspoon had his uh had his pro day today. I think he ran a four four or something like that. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, I mean, like you 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 instantly upgrade your secondary there without a doubt. You are you know, like I said, that wouldn't make me mad. I understand, like like I said, I I could get it either way. I'm not going to be mad either way. My selfishness. Uh, and my desire to see an insanely stupid offense once Bijan, <laughs> but like you know, I would get it if you take Gonzalez because he does seem like kind of a can't miss guy. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. similar to Witherspoon. I mean, like Gonzalez is just a bigger guy. The watching him work, man, it's just like just so smooth. It's effortless for him. But this looks like a, he's just floating out there. Like he's he can flip his hips. He can run. Yeah. He can do every anything you want him to do. He can do. You know that type of guy. Um, so. What do you think in your heart, man, Xavier? Do you think we're staying at eight? Do you think he will trade back? I, I don't think the trade up thing is that would surprise me a lot if they trade. Yeah, up. I, I the trade up stuff I'd never bought um, just because I didn't think that there was a guy that they would even want to trade up for. Right, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. unless you're trading up for Will, there ain't no reason to trade up at this point. I think yeah. I think you know with everything that's going on, um, sitting at eight's a perfect spot. I will say the trade back has started to kind of creep into my mind a little bit. I mean, and not only just because of, you know, the position, what we might be able to get at eight from a mm-hmm. trade, but I think the Falcons, especially with the visits that they've made over the last two or three weeks, has given me an idea that this team may be looking at the trade back value. You know, you brought in, you know, obviously I know people don't like it, but you brought in Johnston. You brought in, you know, uh, Adabare out of Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you brought in, you know, you met with Osiris Torrance. Uh, at his pro day and then brought him in as well. All mm-hmm. of those guys are guys you are mocking between like 18 and 27 or, you know, mm-hmm. or 16 and 25. And so I think, you know, for one, I think Terry's looking at, because I think what Terry's really looking at is that early second round, you know, that early to mid second round where I think there's a ton of dudes who have huge upside, but maybe have one or two things that they don't like, you know, Emmanuel Forbes is one of the guys, right? Extremely good cover corner. Just like, I mean, you know, you play that 161 in college, you're going to get a lot of red flags there if you can play in the league. Mm-hmm. But once again, extremely good cover guy. Uh, you know, uh, Will McDonald, another one. Edge rusher out of Iowa State. Freakish kid, just hasn't put it together as far as, you know, his full pass rush, right? Uh, but you have a guy like Nielsen. You might think that he's a guy who can obviously be somebody for you. Um, and then I, even though they haven't yet, I got this strange suspicion that Art's like, look, I need a left guard. I don't care what you tell me. I need a left guard slash center. Uh, and you're looking at guys like John, John Michael Schmitz, who I want so bad. Um, yeah, we, dra- we drafted him in our first mock. Yeah, draft. man, yeah. that kid's a dog. I saw him at the Senior Bowl. Man, he's a stud. And, yeah. and I just think that, you know, one of the biggest issues we had last year was that center. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think mm-hmm. we can get away with – I think we can get away with, below uh, you know, average left guard play. But, you know, our quarterbacks having to grab the ball at their ankles, you know, 40 times – you know, 40% of the game, mm-hmm. it's inexcusable. Right. Yeah. It's just inexcusable, especially with the offense that is so important with timing. It, you know, you, you can't have guys bending over to pick up the ball, you know. And so I mm-hmm. think getting a guy who you can partner with a young quarterback. Right. You know, you hear Peyton Manning talk about all the time. The biggest thing that helped him out was Jeff Saturday. coming mm-hmm. in. And so getting a center to partner with a young QB just matches every single time. It works. And they end up playing together for their entire career. Um, that's the one thing Matt De- Matt never had. Uh, was mm-hmm. a center that he could just kind of lean on to get everybody else in line when he was having to get the receivers in line to get the line, you know, to get the offensive line in line. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm coming, I'm starting to get more, you know, warm to the idea that the Falcons might trade back. Uh, but to answer your question, Witherspoon and Gonzalez, 
it's kind of what do you like more? Yeah. Witherspoon is gonna come down and crack everybody he sees. Mm-hmm. He he reminds me a lot more of AJ. Um, the kid will put his body on the line to take out a fullback if he has to, right? Christian Gonzalez, smooth, smooth operator. That's what mm-hmm. I call him. That's what yeah. he looks like. You know, he, he he if you're teaching a young corner how to play the position, he's it. Flips his hips well, reads the coverage well, you know. But my biggest question with him is you're gonna come down and make a hit if you need to, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. He has the size to do it, but just because you got the size don't mean you want to, right? You know, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of big dudes who big and soft. So, you know, I that's your only question with him, you know, and the, the biggest question with corner for me at eight is you're taking CB2. Right. So, yeah, you can have one of the best, you know, secondaries in football if you end up taking either one, in my opinion. But what is the value to the Falcons there taking CB2 versus if we were taking C- – if we didn't have an AJ, corner would be penciled in, I think, on everybody's draft board. Yeah. But because we have an AJ, and even to an extent because we have Casey, how important is it to the Falcons? to take cornerback at, at number eight. And that was my other, Mike, I'm going to get your opinion in a second, buddy. That was my other, my other uh, thought too, is what we said before, or I said before, the the corner being position being so deep this year. Yep. And the fact that Casey hasn't been cut yet makes you think yeah. that, yeah. okay, maybe we're going to ride with Casey and we're going to draft a guy later on that could be maybe a Deontay Banks from Maryland, you know, that it. type of guy. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, uh, we I watched a lot of film on him. I think Mike watched some stuff on Deontay mm-hmm. too. Yeah, no, that was your guy. Yeah, you watched yeah, Deontay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, there's there's guys that can come in and fit that role. I like Ringo, right? man. Yeah, you like Ringo too. Yeah. Ringo. So I mean, like, there's 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 a lot of depth there that you know you can say if we trade back, you know, you pick up say a Bijan, who knows what, and then you've still got the option to go with. You want to go edge? You want to go? Edge, that's fine. Getting Calais, I don't know. I think somebody had said something. Let me find. Oh yeah, Jordan said another thing that stood out with me that. Clayus also said he would play mostly edge. I think getting it's getting down to the top CB or Bijan for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't sell that too much. And the only reason why I say that is because Nielsen is a D line guy, right? And Nielsen's gonna want to kind of have his like his piece, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I know coordinators don't necessarily get to pick whoever they want, right? But if you're gonna go get a guy who swore up and down, he's one of the best, you know, developmental guys at, at the D line position in football. He's gonna want his jewel in the crown. Like he's gonna want to be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Saints did it right. They went out and got Marcus Davenport for him, even though injuries have really kind of killed his career. That was kind of the jewel in the crown for him. Like that's who he wanted. That's who they went out and got. And I think the Falcons could see. I could see them going to, if if he has a guy, whether that is Ty, you know Wilson or Jalen mm-hmm. Carter, all guys who I think could be there at eight. He might be like, look, I want that kid because if I can get, if I can just just get my hands on, I'm gonna turn him into you know an All Pro. And if he can convince Art and, and and Terry, then yeah, I don't see why the Fal- I don't see the Falcons necessarily moving out of eight if they if, if a guy if one of those guys drops, um, especially if it's Jalen Carter, who I think right now the Falcons are being really hush hush on. I think they want him bad. I think they want him really bad. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're yeah we're gonna get to that one in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, what you, you so, no you, so so here's a question I have for y'all that uh, it's gonna be a good one. If if you can only pick between three players, if if like the Falcons call you personally uh-huh. and say, man, we 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 in here talking and we came to a standstill, three players and they're gonna call Johnny Yates and they call calling the X-Man and they say Jalen Carter, Gonzalez, or Bijan. These are the 
players we choose them and we will pick an eight we're not trading back we okay. will pick an eight we want one of these players but we we all tied in this room it's two 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 we all tied in this room so i'm i'm calling the x-man i'm calling johnny yates to break the tie who are you picking go ahead xavier Jalen. that he said he that just, quick yeah he's got you know like i i am a georgia fan so is in I'm not gonna say there's even biases there, but I've watched every snap of that kid for the last three years. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look at him, there's two things that tell me that we can take him right away, and he projects in the way that I want him to. One, he'd be around nothing but vets, he'd be insulated. So all the off the field stuff that maybe teams that don't have the veteran presence may worry about. You've got not mm-hmm. one but two Walter player man of the years on that on that you know on that front four. Not to mention you've got Onyemata. Not to mention, and, and this is a very sleeper. Eddie Goldman is a guy who slipped in the draft, you know, due to some concerns about his, you know, about his stamina, his size, his weight, whether he could keep it off in the pros. And, and you know, all of those guys could teach him how to be a professional, right? Could mm-hmm. teach him how to be a pros pro. Secondarily, you get that kid in, and if he can really lock in, he's an all pro by year two, year three. Yeah. Like I'm genuine. Like he is a 300 pound kid who has pass rush from the inside. Well, who dominated football from the inside since he stepped on the field? Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. Like, have, and that's the biggest thing with Jalen Carter and taking an edge or taking a guy at eight is love on Yamada, love Grady, love Calais. All of them are over 30. We're going to have to have that next mm-hmm. chain of guys to come in whenever that may be. That, that may not be for the next two seasons, and that's great. But when it's his time to, you know, and, he, and whether or not he takes that spot or not, whether when it's his time to just be the guy on that defensive line, we're going to need somebody to build around. And if you can tell me that him and Ebiketti are my two horses for the next five, six, seven years, we extend both of them out, then yeah, I'll take that over a corner and a, you know, and a, you know, and a running back. Uh, I think you know, as Falcons fans, the one thing we've never had is a pass rush. If you could tell me for the next seven years of my life we have a pass rush, sign me up. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think Carter is the guy I would definitely take there. Johnny Yates. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you talk to any quarterback and you ask them, what's, what do you hate the most? And they will tell you pressure up the middle mm-hmm. because it, they immediately, they're off their spot immediately and it yep. disrupts everything they have going on. And that's why Aaron Donald's so successful, man. And that's mm-hmm. what, you know, um, Everything you said about having Calais there and Grady there and Onyemata there and, and Goldman there, uh, the the culture that the, the coaches set around the team, like, and this is what, and we're going to do underrated, overrated later. I'll do a quick underrated right now. Mm-hmm. The interview process for the teams that they go through severely underrated because mm-hmm. we don't know what all goes on in those in those conversations. But I can tell you this: they're going to commit millions of dollars to a, to a pick. They're going to do the deepest dives that you could possibly do on a kid. Yeah. So if he's taken or if he's not, you can guarantee that there's a reason for both of those, mm-hmm. uh, that there's, they, they yeah. either feel comfortable enough that they say, okay, yeah, you know what? This was a kid. He had a, he, he'd made a bad mistake, you know, and what we believe that, you know, he can move past that. He can be a professional. We can like, like, uh, like Xavier said, Nielsen, I can put my hands on him and he can, he's going to be an all pro like that. Mm-hmm. Also in our offense. Yeah. Bijan be fantastic. But the draft is also pretty deep with running backs. Mm-hmm. So whether it's Bijan's backup, I'm a big fan of, Roshan Johnson uh, <laughs> later on, or who, somebody else, with the way Art runs the ball, we don't necessarily need 
like need need a Bijan? Mm-hmm. Would it be nice? Of course it would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't that offense works, it'll work just fine with Tyler and a very good and a good back as well, like a good mm-hmm. compliment to him. Doesn't have to be necessarily Bijan. So yeah, if if that's that's for all those reasons, I'm going Jalen there. And if he is there, I cannot see his passing on him, man. Mm-hmm. Neither can I. Uh, I know people were scared. I know that Josh Kendall report came out where he was like, I don't see if I was taking him. Yada, yada. And I don't he's know where walked, he pulled that from. He's walked that back. I, I, in the last couple of weeks, he's walked that back so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was an interview, if you guys haven't seen it, that the Falcons produced. Kerry um, was talking to Tory McElhaney. And one of the things he said in that interview that made me think that Jalen was still on their board is he said, look, nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. But he said, so what kids do off the field, as long as they're self-aware and they're ready to play football, that does, you know, if we can, you know, that that's what's most important to me. You know, I, like he said, I'm not perfect. Nobody is. And so I think that, that for me was like, okay, cool. So he sees that even when people have, you know, made mistakes, if as long as they're self-aware of the situation and are ready to move past that, then he can be convinced to take a prospect. Not only, you know, and I don't think it'll be that much of a convincing to take a guy who mm-hmm. three months ago was the number one overall pick consensus from pretty much every national media. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, Mike said before, I mean, if you if you put tabs on probably the three of us, uh, you know, throughout your high school, college career, yeah. you're going to yeah. find some spots where <laughs> yeah. you were like, eh, yeah. oh, this guy's yeah. questionable. But, yeah. you know, I mean, like it's. You know, you, you can't, Man, you if can't. I followed you, you, your grandmother for a day, I catch her doing <laughs> stealing some butterscotch candies or something, something some like candies, no man. one Look is worthers, right? Yeah, no one is. Uh, Ty said, even if we don't get Bijan, I'm keeping receipts and people saying we don't need him. So when he's a top five back this year, I'm coming for y'all haters. Which you know, so, pisses me off because he could be a top five back in his first year in that Eagles. Offense. He really could. <laughs> he could. He, he could. really could. Yeah, he could. Be Ty said. Paris Johnson had an interview with Bussin with the boys, and the Falcons were one of the three teams he loved, said he liked to play for. He even said that he would definitely play guard if we asked him to. That's interesting. That's extremely interesting mm-hmm. because I actually think Paris is a better guard than he is a tackle. Uh, I think he struggles with power a little bit too much for me to be a tackle. Uh, so I would, yeah, I, not at eight though. Not not at eight. I'm sorry. Yeah, he struggles. Yeah, I just watching the actually watching Lucas Van Ness kind of murder him a little bit during that yes. Ohio State game was like, yes. ah, I don't know if I want that from my tackle. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, Ty said, one thing I would love, I love about Gonzalez is definitely hoping he wears zero so I can buy that jersey. <laughs> Somebody's going to. Yeah. Somebody's going to be riding zero. I don't know who it's going to be. George said, yeah, that's a good point, Xavier. Would love JC if he's there also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, he's just, before all that, that should happen, man, like he's a consensus best player in the draft. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking about him going to the Bears or, you know, talking him going top two or three. So, I mean, if we're doing, uh, you know, if we're talking about him dropping this far down, then that, that's, man, yeah, come on. Because, like, Xavier just laid mm-hmm. it out for you, man. We we have the infrastructure for that type of guy. And I'm not saying he's that type of guy, but if he is, for that type of guy to, mm-hmm. to, to, to turn it around, you know, and to become a good pro. So It's a Laramie Tunsil situation all over again. Look, yeah, you're supposed to go one, I think, slip to seven. So, hey, Jalen, you're supposed to go one, two, slip to eight, and you get all pro who makes a buku amount of money in his career. So, he just got extended, right? Just now yeah. sign a new contract, and everybody, and everybody, everybody said the next day, Oh, his, his career is over with, he's his right. career mm-hmm. shot. Like, really? No, probably not. He just likes uh, he just likes a little bit of weed. That's all. Um, so I got a question time. though, but I, I have I have one for y'all. Yeah, now y'all watch college more than me. What is the um 
I can like I can't call a college player because to me the game is so different that I've seen uh 200 times the person that everybody's raving about in college saying oh trust me he get in the big boy league and he looked like a little boy and what I'm asking you is for each of you to pick who's the one player in the draft that unequipped he's league ready I mean he's gonna come right in and make an impact there's no oh he could be he may be it's you would bet your house on it I mean league ready I mean he gonna make an impact on his team off the jump who is it for us at eight in particular no, I'm talking about in, in the whole draft just who who is the who's the guarantee not the college oh he might be he probably be but who is the guarantee like oh no I guarantee you he league ready he honestly, he's ready to play with big boys grown men right yeah. now honestly and this is gonna sound really weird um but it's Bryce Young I'm be honest Bryce with Young. you oh, okay okay that kid for me and I think when it, when, he, when you think about quarterbacks I've said this a lot if Bryce was six foot one there'd be no conversation on who the first quarterback taken zero zero he is the most NFL ready he is the most talented out of all of them and at every step in his career he kind of reminds me a lot of trevor lawrence um i got to spend some time around trevor when he played here he played here um mm-hmm. in the state of georgia and stuff like that kind of reminds me of him just does all the little things on top mm-hmm. of the big stuff has the good arm you know has the playmaking ability but has the ability to read the defense understand where his weak spots are this last year with him at alabama i want people to remember yeah the scrap the name if you could go watch his footage, watch his tape, and there wasn't, you know, the Crimson Tide or the A on his jersey, and you just watch him work, you'd be like, this kid is Houdini. He is the best player in college football, and I think he was. He was playing, and I know Alabama brings in four stars and five stars. For all things considered, Alabama's team this year was offensively was probably the worst offense they've had in the last decade. Yep. Not even a question. Receivers, barely above average. Offensive line play barely above average and he made them look like a good to great team every single Saturday even in losses um and so I, I think when he walks in the league it would have to be the, like a horrible situation for him to not succeed he'd have to be in like some type of Jamarcus Russell type situation where they were almost trying to get the kid to fail at some point right. uh, but any team he goes into especially him going if he goes to Houston at two which I think is what people might expect and he goes with a guy like D'Amico Ryan's. I think you're gonna see a kid in the next year or two, like 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 Trevor Lawrence, just continue to ascend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bryce Young, John. Yeah, I mean with yeah, I mean uh, a lot. Me being a Bama fan, obviously I've watched him a ton, and uh, yeah, I mean he's his. I've said it before. Uh, his calmness in the pocket, like it, it stresses me the hell out, <laughs> like all the time. Like I was like. I mean, I'm freaking out. He's just chilling, like you know, and bullets are flying by him, and he's just going there, making his reads and makes the throws. He he throws guys open all the time. His processing is next level. Like he he's mm-hmm. he's yeah. I mean, like mentally, he's 100 there. I'm not worried about and, I, and it's not really his height. I don't think people are worried about it. it's him taking the hits at yeah, his size. Okay. I think mm-hmm. is that's what they're worried about. Um, but yeah, I think dude and, and ATL Georgia faithful said Will Anderson. Uh, is yeah, ready. I mean, I, I've seen yeah. I've seen the Von Miller comps, which you know, I mean, that's. I mean, yeah, I can kind of see that too. Um, if Von Miller was in a Michael Parsons package, right. that's what he looks like. Yeah, too. yeah. He, yeah I, 
I was worried about his weight, and then he showed up at, at the combine at two fifty five. I was like, "Oh shit, that's yeah. that's something." Because he was, you mm-hmm. know, two thirty. Yeah, you don't know, but yeah, two fifty five. If he still got that same type of, but I will credit Bama though too. They knew how to use him. I mean, yes. you had DJ Dale and Byron Young doing a lot of dirty work for him, uh, mm-hmm. and opening and giving him space to come in there and make some of those plays. And then not not all of them. I mean, he's a very talented dude. Don't get me wrong. You don't you don't put up those type of pressures over two years without having a lot of talent but uh yeah i mean he's 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 up there i can't i can't really think i mean obviously Bijan, we talked about that what, what kind of impact he could have um i'm trying to think of like a guy who yeah who uh, maybe no one him. says cj i'm wondering why cj worries me and this is the only worry i have about cj hope damsky's not listening yeah, yeah right <laughs> you know me, me, me and Dansky are in the group chat i've told him this uh when you play with that many elite receivers, when you get to the league, if you don't have that, what do you look like? Like I, all of his receivers, all of his receivers are first round draft picks. Matter of fact, his number one receiver this year might be a top five pick next year. Marvin Harrison Jr. is all is is all world. And so mm-hmm. when you have that much talent around you, it makes life really easy. And so that's my only concern about him. Is when he when that when that talent drops, right? Let's say he goes to Indy at four, um, and you're throwing it to Michael Pittman and Mo Ali Cox, and then the level has just dropped a little bit. Right? Are you the same quarterback? Because mm-hmm. when I can throw it to, you know, arguably the best four receiver or the four the best receiver room in college football over the last you know two to three years with Chris Olave last year, right, and Garrett Wilson. Now this year you have Marvin Harrison and Emeka Ibuka and Julian Fleming and all these first-round draft picks. Does that change when those guys aren't as talented? Because if it does, mm-hmm. then we might be in trouble come in the NFL because it's you know top-quality receivers are expensive. We can't just have those on every roster. Yeah. So you know that's that's my only question with CJ. Sorry, Damsky. It wasn't yeah. anybody. No, I love him. Love him. <laughs> love that guy. That's just my only concern. Um, yeah, Victor said Bijan and JSN, Jackson Smith and Jake Bar are can't miss in my opinion. JSN worries me a little bit, but you know, hey, you know, if you, if you like if you like JSN, you love him because of what he projects to be. He has I haven't seen an NFL comp for him that I like yet. I'll be honest. I keep yeah. hearing CD Lamb and stuff like that. I'm not sure about that one yet, but yeah, AGL uh, Georgia Faithful said, yeah, Christian Gonzalez. Well, yeah, I can see both of those guys without yeah, making yeah. instant impacts for sure. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, so real quick talking about, uh, well, number one, the, the edge class. We I know we talked about it briefly, but, um, you know, I've watched Tyree. Tyree's been – it sucks for him because he couldn't – he's had the foot injury and he couldn't perform uh, at, at the combine. I, I don't think he's having a pro day. So basically you're kind of just going off of – I think he's going to do something later on this month before the draft. Uh, but I mean, you know, uh, watching him, it's kind of like Miles Murphy, like, but different. Like, I know Miles is more of an athletic freak, but mm-hmm. it just to me, both of them were kind of just they would flash, but there was no not, not a ton of consistency. But those two guys, they are what you said about Nielsen, like that. That's the kind of guys I think Nielsen can look at and be like, man, like the tools are there. Especially yeah. Tyree, if he gets if Tyree gets to us, you know, I guess yeah. and and say say Jalen's off the board. And you know, and and it's and, and that's that's the option. I can see him going. Okay, yeah, I could make this dude. You know, because he th- there's no and even Adam Damsky talked about it with us on the on the on the uh, on the pod too. 
all the all the pass rushers this year for the most part are all kind of projects like there there's all things they have to work on that's they're not going to be just you yeah you don't yeah you don't come in and, and just make an instant 10 sack type of guy and that's as fa- a lot of falcons fans are going to expect if you're taking a guy at eight he's going to come in and get you ten sacks. and so that's not going to be it necessarily but um yeah just talk real, real, real quick on the edge man what do you what do you say there yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Outside of Will, I don't think anybody steps on the field and is an, you know, an Aiden Hutchinson type performer, right? You know, I don't right. think anybody gets to that eight and a half, nine and a half sack range. But what I will say is, I think that this edge class is a lot of projects. You just have to figure out which one you like the most, right? Mm-hmm. Or which ones. And I've said this a lot about Tyree Wilson, which is why I think he's number one on his on the on the Falcons board. Is which one has the far the 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 um, doesn't have as much of a drop off if he doesn't become an elite pass rusher, right? Like, what guy can I see being an elite run stopper but just can't rush the passer? And that's right. Tyree Wilson because of his size, right? 6'6", mm-hmm. 280-plus, probably, you know, in the event that he's not, he not he doesn't become an elite pass rusher, you might ask him to gain 15 pounds and push him inside, right? Yep. Uh, you know, and that's why I think Tyree is probably the guy that you think the Falcons might take there if he's available because what Nielsen had at, in, in New Orleans – even when Marcus Davenport couldn't get a set to save his life, he was still an above average to good run stopper because mm-hmm. of his size. And I think that's kind of why Tyree has been thought of as, you know, the number one edge guy in the class outside of, or the number two edge guy outside of Wilson or outside of Will, excuse me, because of that factor. When you look at the rest of them, you look at a Nolan Smith, you start looking at a Miles Murphy. The concern with me, and maybe I should probably drop this trauma because we've got a different front office and a different coaching staff. But I see Vic Beasley. I know exactly where, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see Vic, right? I see a, a toolsy, rangy, extremely athletic outside edge rusher who just never gets home, who yeah. we've got to do everything in our power to figure out how he works in the offense or in the defense, excuse me. And I don't want that. You know, and, and you know, sure once again, maybe mm-hmm. I should drop my trauma a little bit there. You know, we've got a completely different front office, got a completely different, you know, coaching staff. Uh, clearly, he's going to be playing with a completely different defensive front than Vic ever did. But I, I think that Nielsen, to what you said, still looks at those guys and goes, I can turn them into monsters. Yeah. And I think he would be right. You know, at the end of the day, what I have to think about when I think about those guys is what kind of the Eagles did with Hassan Reddick this year. Hassan Reddick was a monster, double digit mm-hmm. stat guy. But look who's playing next to him. You got Fletcher Cox. Mm-hmm. You got, you know, Brandon Graham on the other end. You got Derek Barnett when he was healthy. You had Jordan Davis on the inside. You had Javon Hargrave. Like, yeah, you had double-digit sacks, but how much of that came because everybody was worried about what was coming inside and you were just, you know what I'm saying, eating on left tackles mm-hmm. you couldn't hold your lunch. Cool, right? Yep. You know, but you know, you, you saw Hassan didn't touch Mahomes in the in the Super Bowl because Orlando Brown had him for breakfast. Mm-hmm. That's my thing when it comes to when it comes to looking at a Nolan Smith or a Miles Murphy. I go, yeah, they had a lot of guys do the dirty work for them on the inside, but so were we. So as, as long as we kind of continue to bring guys in that do that, their production should never drop off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you just have to trust – you have to trust Nielsen, right? I mean, you have yeah. to trust that he Absolutely. he's he's done his homework and he knows which guys he thinks want to project and he knows which guys he can put his hands on and, and make a difference with them. Um, so we'll go ahead and get this out of the way and get into receivers. I saw it too. I, <laughs> I was like, here we go. I said, all right, here we go. All right. So Quentin Johnson. Okay. All right. Let's let's go ahead and talk about it. In the event that the Falcons trade back, 
you're looking at a situation where what you're trading back to is going to be receiver row. I just want people to understand that. You're trading out of elite defensive players um, if you're going if you're trading back far enough. So when I think about a Quincy Johnson pick, you're thinking about picks 16 to 25, that kind of range. Mm-hmm. Well, you've probably you've missed out on probably every single good defensive, like high defensive line product product. Maybe Brian Breesy falls to you, but realistically, you've probably missed out there. Bijan's probably gone to the Eagles at 10. You've missed out on all the super elite corners mm-hmm. and Christian, Devin Weatherspoon. Some people like, um, and maybe, you know, maybe a couple in Joey Porter Jr. probably being picked right around that, you know, with the yeah. Steelers being at 17, probably going there, right? Le- you know, lineage kid with obviously his dad playing there for so long. Mm-hmm. You're putting yourself in a position where you're probably taking offense, whether that's Quentin Johnston, uh, Osiris Torrance, one of those guys, right? You're probably looking on the offensive side of the football. The one thing the Falcons have not done that I was almost certain was penciled on their free agency list was go get a bona fide wide receiver team. Now, granted, the whole Aaron Rodgers situation drawing out as long as it has has probably been one of the reasons why we haven't gotten our guy yet because yeah. I've been pretty much under the assumption that Corey Davis is walking through the door as soon as he's released by the Jets. Yeah. However, Art has no time to wait for that. And he may feel that he needs to, in the event that he can trade back with a team like the Commanders at 16, who's kind of been the guys when I do the PFF drive uh, mock simulator, they always are trying to come up. I don't know what the hell for, but they're always trying to come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we move back to 16, or if we move back to, I think, you know, 18 or 19 with the Patriots or something, or rather, once again, you're looking at a guy in Quinn Johnson who is exactly what he had in, in Tennessee. And he is Corey Davis. Now, remember, Tennessee took Corey Davis at five. So I don't think, you know, that was probably a miss from them in some respects. And Art, and to, to his credit, kind of fixed his whole bust situation. But he's extremely tall. I mean, he's 6'3", almost 6'4". Mm-hmm. Runs a sub 4'4", has high-end speed. And once again, when I when I when I mock Quinn Johnson to the Falcons, you're taking him as wide receiver two. He's not your wide receiver one. So him being a you know you're being worried about maybe he's not the 50-50 guy. You got two of them already. You know maybe he's not the the physical you know fit as physical in the, in the run game blocking wise. I would go back and watch a lot of his tape because Kendra Miller is a guy who I have the, who I have mocked to the Falcons in the later rounds. He was running a lot in the secondary, and that's partially to Quinn Johnson. I just think that it's and obviously we just met with the kid. You got to think about it. The Falcons are, are turning over, are not, you know, leaving, leaving, leaving any stone unturned. And I think Quentin is the guy there that he's going to take the top off the defense. You got to run with him because you're going to watch his, 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 you know, 6 3 run by you. I doubt it, right? That's going to open up the door for Drake London underneath. That's going to open up the door for Jonu Smith and, and Kyle Pitts. And I understand when people say the Falcons don't throw the football enough to get a wide receiver, too. I think I posted it the other day. The year where Tennessee's Offense was absolutely humming. A.J. Brown had 100 targets. Um, Corey Davis had 92. John Smith had 70. And like I said earlier, Derrick Henry had 65 or had uh, high in the 50s. Mm-hmm. So if you th- if you think about that with our team, right, maybe that's Drake London with 100, Kyle Pitts with 92, uh, Quentin Johnston with 70, and then Tyler Algier with whatever he has. Mm-hmm. That's still going to be extremely impactful because that year, John Smith had eight touchdowns with those targets, right? So at the end of the day, I understand people's concern with Johnston. Obviously, he's fallen in the draft pecking order as I think the, the combine has gone on in the pre-draft workouts. Mm-hmm. But this is still an extremely talented kid, and I don't think you can have enough talent around you on the outside, especially when you're bringing in a quarterback 
like Desmond Ritter, a young quarterback. You give him as much talent as you can, and you say, look, if you fail, it's because you failed. It's not because we didn't put the talent around you. You mm-hmm. never want to be in a Lamar Jackson situation no. where you're just looking around. You're like, all right, who didn't go out there and, you know, throw to Mark Andrews and whomever else has a jersey on, right? <laughs> Whereas I think, you know, you look at Quentin Johnson, he has the tools to be an elite playmaker in the NFL. If he does that, it's on him, but he has all the tools to do so. And I think the Falcons see that. And he just fits that Falcons mold. The Falcons don't like small receivers. Keep trying yeah. to tell you that. I know you got Scotty Miller. Yeah. We also have in the in two off seasons have gotten Brian Edwards, Alden Tate, and Matt Collins. What does that tell you? We do not like tiny guys unless they do one thing good, and that, and that means they run fast. That means mm-hmm. in the event that he has a guy who Quinn Johnson is really the only big receiver that you're probably taking that early, then he's gonna go take him. It's it's, it's it, it makes too much sense from Art. And I, like I said. Um, because the Corey Davis situation playing out the way it has, I feel like they're almost creating a, um, you know, uh, a safety valve in the in, in the event that you know the Jets. Who knows? The Jets might just say, "F it, we're gonna hold on to Corey Davis." Like you just never know because that situation hasn't unfolded yet. Yeah, yeah. And I, it can, if you watch, um, like, and I can see that scenario if in, a, in a trade back type of that scenario. I can see yeah. that. Yeah. Um, oh, definitely yeah. not an eight. I just no, hell no, no, hell no, <laughs> nowhere near no. eight. Uh, he, was, he, he, he's been mocked. He was mocked to us early in like January, February at eight. And I was like, <laughs> go back to the drawing board. All you know, let's go back to the Yeah. Board. And if you watch him, uh, you'll have a little bit more appreciation too, considering, uh, some of the balls from Max Duggan were not, uh, great on a lot of occasions. So, I mean, like that's another, another thing on him. Uh, Ty said Jaden Reed or Tyler Scott. Uh, I like Jaden Reed. But Tyler Scott's got that uh, got the connection, right? I was so. gonna say Tyler Scott. <laughs> I was like Tyler Scott might get drafted because of his connection with Ritter, yeah. but I like Jaden Reed more. Uh, yeah. Jaden Reed reminds me a lot. He he's like AJ Brown like, and what I mean by that is AJ Brown's not the biggest receiver, but plays really big. Mm. Jaden Reed is kind of the same way. He's about five eleven, six foot, but plays like he's six two, six three. Yeah, he, he plays really big, even though he's not that big. Yeah, that's a good call. And what's up, Ant? He said, uh, hey. up, fellas? Didn't know y'all was or uh, did know y'all was on tonight. Yeah, man. Every Wednesday's normally seven, unless yeah. we have to change it. Um, yeah. And he said, Victor said, JSN is better JSN than. Will be gone. He will be yeah, gone. He, he probably will be gone. Yeah. He's he's the first receiver off the board. And I'll be surprised if he gets past twelve. Yeah, he probably will be gone. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, man. So yeah, that means draft wise, I mean, yeah, I mean. That's kind of we kind of broke it down, guys. I mean, it, we said it a little bit before the show, before we came on air. We we're talking to much ourselves. Um, there's so many damn options, um, mm-hmm. and and like Xavier said, they've interviewed so many people <laughs> across the board. Uh, we don't really, there's no insight. We don't really know which direction they're going to go. They could go any direction with, and I don't. I'm not going to be surprised at anything, unless it's an offensive lineman like a Skaronski or something like that. I'll be kind of pissed. Not. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I just don't see that that particular particular value there at eight, uh, considering some of the players that probably will be there at eight. Um, I mean, and to 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 put a bow on it for me, if Jalen's there, you take him. Yeah. Uh, if he's not there, I consider a trade back. Um, I'm flipping a coin of Bijan or Gonzalez, depending on. I pro- honestly, as deep as this corner, you could say it. See, this is what sucks. You could say this for both. You could say it for corner mm-hmm. and for running back. Both classes are deep. So you could say, you know what, I'll take this top elite corner and go get a good running back later on. Or, hey, I'm going to take this elite running back and get a pretty good corner later on. Right. So mm-hmm. it just comes down to who you like better, man. That's why, and who who they who they 
you know, see being the best. I mean, and then how the other rounds fall, man, it's just going to depend on, yeah, I, I mean, need will come into it, but I still think that the way that we've, the way that Terry and they, they've approached this off season is trying to really fill a lot of needs with free agency so they can go into the draft and literally just, mm-hmm. just go BPA, man. And just pick whoever is going to be the best player there on the board, you know, whether or not positionally or not. And I do, I prefer that, man. I don't like reaching. We, when the previous regimes, we've reached for shit and it did not work yeah. at all. <laughs> um, and I just yeah. don't want to see that again, man. I got, I, 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 I Ev, Ev on the last show mentioned Desmond Southward a few, some years ago. Mm-hmm. And we were like, what? I mean, you know, going to Richmond and getting guys that we never heard of. Like, there's just no, you know, it, mm-hmm. you ain't got to be the smartest guy in the room, man. Like, and that's, that's what mm-hmm. the Mitroff try to do all the time. So it was just one of those things. Uh, Mike, you got anything before we go to overrated and underrated? Man, movie? I, I want uh, Jalen Carter, Bijan, or Gonzalez. Um, when y'all say, I've heard several people say that we, there's no pick you'll be mad at. And I, while I'm out of my Falcon mind, I know, I know Atlanta, man, we will draft a mascot at eight and, and piss everybody <laughs> off. Like they're that'll blow your mind. So I'm not going to talk shit. I have faith that it'll be one of those three people and I'll be happy. I really do think it'll be one of those three. But I don't put it past them to do some something outrageous and dumb. Now it don't look like that because he's made all smart moves. But I wouldn't if on draft day, if my mouth was open, hey dog, I man, I didn't want Drake London. Like my mouth was open when that happened. Like why are we doing this? But this wouldn't make no sense. I didn't think Kyle Pitts at a tight end. I was furious. So it's a whole bunch of things that. Man, we'll draft a kick at eight. I know us. I, <laughs> we, we are not the bullets. Pass us to draft a mascot or a kicker or some shit that don't have nothing to do with nothing. But uh, Jalen, I think um, I'm happy. I hate it that he got to go through this. But yeah. I'm really happy that he had to go through this because he would have never dropped to eight. And I think that's who we drafted. So I'm all for the trouble he in because I believe he will be an Atlanta Falcon because of the trouble that he in. Yeah, and Ty said, I mean, the only bad pick at eight is a QB. And we didn't talk about that. I Yeah, don't do that. So I really, oh, oh, I'm going I'm to hurt Ty's feelings real quick. I'm I'm, I'm going to be honest. If AR is there, I wouldn't be surprised if they took him. I'm just saying. Ooh. They've already met with him. So that tells you how much they, they – how serious or how, you know, at least they're taking that into account in the event for whatever reason Richardson falls. And two things. Twitter will explode. Oh, absolutely. But – and there's a lot of Twitter accounts that would that are going to at me in the case that, that this happens. So t- trust me, it's not a situation that I'm necessarily saying I want to happen, but I understand that they're preparing for it when they brought him in. Right. And what I want y'all to think, think back to the Kyle Pitts draft. They were taking Trey Lance at four. Mm-hmm. Everything said that they were taking Trey Lance at four. It was because the 49ers traded up and took him that we obviously didn't took Kyle Pitts. Why, why would they take Trey Lance at four and not think about taking AR? For the same exact reasons. Big, athletic, big arm, can run art system with that running game to, you know, extremely high levels and has to sit for a year. And I know this is going to sound crazy, but I would not be surprised if we took AR at eight and Desmond Ritter was still our starter next year. Because out from all consensus, AR needs a year. Mm-hmm. AR, um, what's his name? Art is not a guy who starts rookies just because of their draft. Right? We saw this with um, with Desmond last year, hell, we saw with Richie Grant his first year. He barely played, and he was a second-round draft pick. He will not play him unless he thinks he's ready. So don't be surprised. And now, like I said, 
I don't think he will. I have this strange suspicion that the Tennessee Titans are about to trade the three in the next week or two, mm-hmm. and they've got to mortgage their entire team to go move up for that. Um, but if he's there, do not be surprised if the Falcons are like, look, we may never be this high in the draft again. Let's go get our let's go get a guy who can change our frame. Let's go get a guy whose ceiling is next level. I mean, he's the most athletic quarterback to ever enter the draft with his size and physicality. So yeah. Now, why would Xavier do that? You ask. He just oh, we was trying to close the portal to the upside <laughs> down, right? It was almost closed. The portal to the upside down had about an inch left, and right before the show end, he threw a missile through the portal. So Twitter, y'all have it him about the quarterback debate because that That's Lamar right. Jackson took it out of me. Yeah, Ty said uh, we're gonna run through QBs on the fifty-three though. Art hasn't done that yet, which is a good point too. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> Uh, remember his time with the Redskins, RG three and Kirk Cousins were taken in the same draft. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's true. That Max. is true. Super fast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's 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 a whole conundrum of what does that do to Dez? What does that you know? How does he respond? Like, there's a whole there's a whole that, could, that comes oh, out. Oh man, big yeah. time! Like you yeah. you have to like that's a conversation they have to have with Dez before that pick's even made type of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, because especially with, with everything they've said so far, like, you know, every, all the bouquets they've thrown at Dez, which by the way, I forgot, we got an email, Mike, um, okay. that is from Rod. We appreciate you, Rod. Uh, he said, uh, Hey guys, love what you all have going on, man. I'll admit I'm not a big Ritter fan, a big Ritter guy, but I'll support him since he is our QB. I do hope that you guys will call him out though. If he doesn't perform, Oh, you know I will. we'll get to that in a second. How, how long of a leash do you think he has this season? Like, when does Heineke come in if needed? Hope it doesn't happen, but, it's a, but it is a possibility. One thing on the draft, do you seriously think Robinson is a possibility after the year Tyler had? Okay, well, we already covered the Robinson thing. We So that's that's already done with. You hope that we'll call him out. Uh, yeah, dude. Um, I think it's since if you've watched the show for a while, man, like, uh, we – we support we support the hell out of all the players. Like I mean, and yeah, I, I think Witter's a great human. I think he's a hard worker. Uh, if he's not performing on the field, though, yeah, I mean, like we're going to be like, dude, okay, maybe this is not the fit. You know, we hope it is. That's our hope, but he may not be. You know, I mean, but I don't think there's anything wrong with being optimistic about it. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather be that way than constantly ranting and being negative about it because that just that takes too much energy, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we. Mike has called out his boy Matt on the show yeah. before, and it killed him to his core. But he it did. Killed it. me to my, I probably shared a tear that to call out Matt Ryan, but I'm gonna be honest. And my only bias extends to Matt Ryan, and I still did it. So you got to give us a prop. That's right. Yeah, man. Well, we're gonna be. Yeah, we're we're gonna be uh, very fair, regardless. I mean, yeah. and as far as how long of a leash, um, if everything they said is true and it's truly his job, uh, I think it'll be. I mean, unless his head's popping off and he can't do anything and he's throwing picks left and right, it's going to be fairly long. I mean, and I think it depends on how the games flow. If it's if it's him clearly making decisions that are costing the games, that's one thing. If it's other things going on, I, it's just a whole – that's a very loaded question, man. So I, I just think it's it's going to be kind of a game, maybe a – you know, not a game by game basis, but yeah, you know, at least like half just the season. I'm thinking, right? Yeah, at least half the season. If you're going to give Mariota like 12 weeks, I mean, come on, right? You I mean, will have like, at least eight to prove so. Exactly. Yeah. Ty said, I'd rather go all in on Dez if, if he falters than the great options next year. Yeah. And or if Lamar doesn't get a deal, he will be a, another unrestricted free agent. Yeah. I mean, There's look, a ton of ton of possibilities. Man. That's the, the second scenario he posed is exactly what I think Art kind of alluded to at the owners meeting. Uh, he talked about the fact that, yeah, they've done their due diligence about Lamar. 
But the thing he emphasized in is he said, we did our due diligence and we didn't think it was worth trading for him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, he has had nothing about the idea of bringing him in money-wise. And neither did Arthur Blank. Remember, Blank didn't say he was too expensive. Blank mm-hmm. said his injury concern, his injuries concern us a little bit. That yeah. don't mean nothing to us paying for the guy if we think he's worthy of the quarterback position. If Dez were to have a bad year, I think Lamar would probably because we 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 also have more cap space next year, so why not bring him in for an opportunity at that at that point? Because what you've done, and this is what I've said a lot of times when it's come to the Lamar situation, every team that wants Lamar wants to build a team first before they bring Lamar in. We've all because we've seen what happens when Lamar doesn't have a team around him. You see the limitations in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. So why in the hell would I trade all this draft capital? move all this money around for a team that's not ready yet to just end up in the same position that the Ravens have been in for the last four years because their team wasn't ready yet. Or I can spend an offseason, a draft, and a whole year developing my guys. And then let's say the Falcons, you know, are 7-10 and again, and the the sole reason they are is because Dez couldn't hit that next level. Go out and get a quarterback. and Let's say we're a top-10 defense you know, both Pitts and London have over 800 yards. You, The writing's on the wall. Des just couldn't make the plays when he needed to. So you go elevate your quarterback position, which they've always said. They've, they've never been content at quarterback. We're three years in, and we've done things like go after Deshaun, think about going to get Trey Lance, piss <laughs> off the former franchise quarterback, and take a kid in the third rounder, in the third round, all in two seasons. Yep. So why wouldn't they think to elevate the quarterback position if need be? But I might, might, we might as well give Des the year. And if he works, then cool. You got a, a kid on making what six hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, man. back there with a ninety million in cap space. Let's go build a super team like the Eagles just did, and go try to go get us a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, hundred percent, man. Uh, and Ty, so to be honest, I think Heineke could operate this offense. Oh, I know he could. I know he could. I played Tyler. That's I played. Man. I played uh, Tyler in um, in high school. Did you? Yeah, he went to Collins Hill. That's uh, right. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah that's right. So uh, we played him in high school kid is always been a competitor and i'm so exactly. happy that he's he no longer in washington because oh, he's man. always been a pain in my backside even when he was in high school uh so to see him <laughs> pop his jersey i was like yeah welcome back home yeah now you can stop beating us in like week 13 when oh we my gosh home. yeah he yeah that was yeah yeah well, um we, always when we really needed one too you just had your butt so yeah all right man so we're good on we know you got to get going here pretty soon underrated overrated Mike, you want to start off, buddy? Underrated, overrated. I kick it off. Uh, I'm gonna go. I hate to do this because this this was my man, but I don't care. Uh, under uh, man, overrated. Odell Beckham. All right, dog. Odell mm. Beckham had mm. one catch, and y'all was comparing him to Julio Jones, and it was an amazing catch. I remember the three fingers. I said we had never seen that shit. He looked like he was, uh, what is it, a horizontal? He looked like he was sideways. Caught the ball behind him amazing catch but right after that i remember everybody was like he did he did he the best receiver in the league and at the time it was a guy wearing red with number 11 and it aggravated me because i'm like oh a big part of saying that you the greatest has to be tenure has to be length patrick mahomes is the most talented quarterback i ever seen i wouldn't call him better than tom brady yet he's more talented than tom brady he got to do it for enough time for me to say he's better than tom brady um, and I feel like that's what y'all did with it with Beckham. He came in, had them lightning first two years, and y'all was saying he, he 
I think he like better than Jerry Rice and he better than Calvin Johnson. And all of us was wrong because I was right there dancing and doing all that dumb ass shit he was doing. I was doing it all too, okay? I just didn't uh, dye my hair blonde. But I love Odell as a person. He the coolest receiver in the league. But, dog, Odell Beckham is overrated. I'm sorry, buddy. Dig it, man. Xavier, you got one, bud? Overrated. Daylight savings time. Ooh. ooh, My time is the same. I got a short little short story. I missed an interview three times. Because mm. of daylight savings time has shifted. I had an interview with a, with a, with a company out in the UK uh, for a position here in the States. Mm. And because of daylight savings time, I could never get on the right time with them. <laughs> because we have, because we took an hour away. So I had to calculate for a different time difference than actually there was. Mm. So daylight savings time, I'm so glad we got rid of it. Should never happen. We're not farmers anymore not all of us not anymore yeah and it's, it's ridiculous i shouldn't just be losing an hour because i went to sleep and woke up <laughs> like that, that that's ridiculous so yeah they lie saving time extremely overrated i love it that's the first time we've heard that let's yeah. that's a new one i love yeah. it yeah all right my overrated is uh if you guys have seen i'm sure you have um the lsu iowa final women's ball, college I, basketball oh, I, please john Please address this. Uh, number number one, man, it was the highest rated women's basketball basketball game of history, and it was it was amazing. It was it was great because Caitlin Clark was ridiculous, and you you know, so if y'all didn't see it, and I'm sure you have by now. If you haven't, you know, Caitlin Clark did the little, you know, hand in front of her face, uh, John Cena That's thing, it. whatever, mm-hmm. earlier in the game, and Angel Reese did it later in the game and pointed to her ring finger when the game was pretty much over. Uh, overrated the dumbasses that went a shit about Angel Reese's reaction uh, mm. to it. Um, I can tell, man. A lot of folks didn't play basketball growing up, <laughs> or sports, uh, or sports in general. Like, and I don't even—it's not even a cultural thing, man. Like, I'm, I'm a white dude, man. I, clearly, uh, I played a lot of basketball growing up. Mm-hmm. I talked a lot of shit, man. A lot of shit. Yeah, a lot of shit. And it was on, whether it was like on the playground or in games, like in league games. Like, if we. That was just part of it. It's always part mm-hmm. of it. Sometimes you're on the good end. Sometimes you're on the bad end. That's just how it works. Yeah. Um, the the outrage over it, man. You know, it had it had a bad taste, man. It had it had a bad feel to it uh, from mm-hmm. a lot of idiots out there posting. And like some folks were saying, uh, well, this was just a little bit extra. It was after. I don't care, man. It's part of the game, dude. Right. It's just mm-hmm. it's just tra- it's just part of the game. Like if Kayla had no problem with it either. She, like, she, she, said, she said I had no problem with it. We're competitive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we're competitive. I mean, like you, you can't expect to do something like that and then not get it back at the end if uh-huh. you lose the game. Like I've talked shit and not, and I've had it thrown back in my face before. Like uh-huh. it's just it's just part of it, man. So yeah, the folks that had issues with it, y'all got other problems, man. That's just me saying. It's that, it's but. really other problems. And I say this: use consistent logic. Yes. I hate a person that don't use consistent logic. If it's wrong when I do it, it should be wrong when you do it. It should be. Man, I don't care who do it. It should be wrong. If if a star that you love do it, it should be just as wrong as if I do it. Just use the consistent logic. Do not say it's permissible when one person do it. The second person do the exact same thing, and all of a sudden you see it different. Because you got a problem that you're not voicing. And we know what your problem really is. So why don't you just come out and say what your what your frustration really is and and allow us all to see the true person you really are in your heart. Absolutely. There it is. Oh, no. To piggyback off of that just real quickly, because I think this has also been a part of it. Uh, Hey, Jill Biden, just a quick aside. We ain't never brought losers to the White House. 
So Never. why are we starting now? Yeah, I, I get it. I understand. You know, it's a, it's a huge moment in, in women's sports in women's sports as a general. We ain't never had a, a losing team in the White House. Nope. And I think the, the the farthest we've ever, you know, somebody brought, I think maybe it happened once in like 1907 with mm. baseball. That's over 100 years ago. We don't bring the particip- participation ribbon shouldn't exist no. at that high of a level mm-hmm. when we're bringing the losing team into the White House. So that was just. That rub that that was that rubbed me the wrong way. I was just like, since when? Hundred percent. Since when? Yeah, man. <laughs> I got now. I got an underrated. My underrated. I know I'm late to the party. I just watched all the Avenger movies. Okay, I, just, <laughs> I, I watched them all. I've seen them all. I've seen all four, and I'm going. What my one is? It's the third one to me was the best. The Infinity. Oh my god. Uh, and then four was uh, uh was it uh, Endgame? Mm-hmm. Number one was cool, and then two. But Gwyneth Paltrow in the all-black suit, I don't care if that was the whole movie. If she could have stood there for two and a half hours, and I would have gave it five stars. Jesus Christ. But I really thought that the movies um, were great. I thought how they tied into each other, how how it, it went back into a previous movie was fucking mind-blowing. And and then after that, I saw, uh, what else did I watch? Ant-Man. I watched Ant-Man. was mm-hmm. good. Uh, Iron Man, I seen both of them. I really watched all the movies, and I had a blast doing it. So underrated is uh, the Avengers movies. I really thought it was well written out, well played out, well everything. I love the graphics. I love the fight scenes. I love Thanos. Oh, there it is. Uh, so the yeah, underrated. Oh, okay. the Avengers, man. Okay. You froze. First. And 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 my man Vic helped me. He he guided me through the whole thing because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. That's nice. You got another one, Xavier? Absolutely. So I've been traveling a lot recently. It's pre-draft season, so I like to go to a lot of the events. Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl. I try to make I try to make a good amount of them. Um, Atlanta food, buddy, baby. Look, oh, good old Waffle House and. On a Sunday morning, sign me up. I, going around the country and realizing they don't have wings has hurt my heart. Man, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I had a possible, I had a possible job offer in Minnesota, and me and my girlfriend both looked at each other. Both of them, both of us from Atlanta. We looked up their top ten wing spots. Two things, none of them, none of them had lemon pepper. Strike one. That's yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. none of them. None of them had extra crispy options. Strike two. Strike three, which was a strike at that point, but I don't know if it's a strike anymore. They sell whole wings, not separated in flats and drums. They sell oh, whole okay. wings. So uh-huh. it was a strike originally, but now that I think about it, a 10-piece whole wing, lemon pepper, hot honey, I'm actually kind of getting on uh, down with that. So Atlanta-based wing spots, maybe you want to switch it up a little bit. I, you know, I'll take the whole wing. That's different. That's different. The whole wing. You heard it here first. Yeah, yeah, that's different. Um, since I did the underrated earlier with the whole interview process, I can do one more underrated. Um, the uh, and Michael agree with me. I don't know if you have any Xavier, but the uh, and it's kind of getting it's going away now. I think for the most part, but the uh, stigma with tattoos. Oh yes, with older folks. Um, yeah, I was in the, mm-hmm. uh, the grocery store and uh, stand there and like the older guy. Like I, I've got, I've got, I have tattoos both my arms, right? So, and uh, saw the one on the left, and he kind of, kind of like he's having a bad day, kind of like scoffed about it. And I was like, oh, you know, you know, like, you know, and he said something. Oh, well, I bet you have a hard time finding a job, don't you? And um, I was like, well, it's a damn good 
it's a damn good thing I'm on business then, isn't it? Yeah. I guess, you know, since we can't be <laughs> successful going out there finding jobs. But that's not the first time that's happened. Um, and Mike, I know you've had issues, uh, you know. <laughs> but, um, and I think it's going away now for the most part because mm-hmm. the older generations are, you know, I mean, like that's, but yeah, like it, it's, it's not a big deal. Like if you, and I'm not saying you have to go out there and get a tattoo. If you like it, you like it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, it's cool. Like, Either way, it doesn't mean if you have a tattoo, you're a uh, a bad person, a dumb person, an uneducated person, um, all those things. So yeah, that that was uh, super overrated. Anyway, I just want to I just want to throw this in there. I think that would go the same for for uh, it needs to go the same way for dreadlocks. I was gonna say hair. Here's the next. Does not mean I'm gonna rob you or I'm gonna kill you. I'm trying to rape you. I'm gonna tell you something about I I hate about being having dreads and being black and having like my tattoos if you have to slow up when i'm behind i have to slow up when i'm behind a person just walking on the street like i have to allow them to go because when i'm too close behind them i know that they think i'm doing something like oh shit is he so i gotta like i gotta tie my shoe and do all sorts of dumb shit so you can have some uh, some gap space so you feel comfortable and I shouldn't have to do nothing like that but um I, I think the dreads a lot like I should be able to have my dreads and have them that I want them red green or yellow whatever I want to do with all my tattoos and as long as I'm speaking to you like I got some sense you ought to treat me well, like I, I got some sense and as yeah. long as I'm treating you with respect you ought to treat me with respect because I don't like the way a lot of people dress and how a lot of people got their hairstyle is some shit I wouldn't do and a half of y'all breath stink and it's I, a lot, it's a lot of shit but you got dandruff it's a lot of shit i don't agree with but i respect everybody and treat everybody good regardless because your appearance on the outside doesn't always reflect your appearance on the inside i try to give you some leeway for that you know it's funny too and i was real quick um you know like me having to explain to liam some of the stuff you've went through oh, blows man. it blows his mind yeah because like he's on He's only known you as Uncle Mike since <laughs> yeah. he can remember. And yeah. um, so like to him, none of that makes any sense. Like he's like, what What the? I'm like, yeah, dude, it's just, you know, I said, hopefully your generation will be like, we can iron it out. But I mean, yeah, like we, we thought it was us though, Mike. Like uh, we thought our generation, we're like, oh, we're yeah. going to be good. We, we got this. We're, we're going to be. Yep. Nope. <laughs> so no. it's, yeah. hopefully, hopefully the younger ones. I, will be. Hold on. I just want to correct something. Carrie, I hope I didn't say. Gwyneth Paltrow old ass. That's not who I was talking about. You did I say Gwyneth Paltrow. You did yeah. say Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Oh, hey, I, excuse me. I was talking about Scarlett Johansson and all black. Gwyneth okay. Paltrow is a hundred. I'm I'm mad that y'all didn't stop me. <laughs> Don't think I was Dude, talking about a hundred year old fucking grandma of an elderly lady. She cute, but yeah, mm-hmm. like my father's age. I'm talking about Scarlett Johansson in that all black young. She didn't even have that's no powers. Was. All she had was a gun. Oh, that's she didn't even do nothing. She can flip and shoot a gun. And I'm oh just, my just, god, what is that? I was letting you go. Yeah, I, man. I was like, hey, teach, teach his own, man. If hey, you no, like, I hey, wasn't. Cool. I'm sorry for y'all. That, you, you probably think I had a kink. You probably <laughs> want to see my porn hub history now. Oh, I, I don't watch that type of stuff, okay? Uh uh it, it was Scarlett Johansson. I meant to say. I meant to say Scarlett Johansson. There you go. No, now we know. Um, anyway, uh Mike Yellow Marley and you, Mike. Well, thank you, Curry. I fucking there it is. Uh, you got one more to close it down, Mike? Are you done? You done? I'm done. You done? All right, awesome. All right, well, dude, Xavier, man, thank you for coming, spending thank like you, an buddy. hour forty-five. Yeah, hours, thank man. y'all, dude. Man, it's it's been a great show, man. Talking about we could we could 
that's the thing. We could talk for like three or four hours on mm-hmm. this stuff. I mean, we just on the draft alone, we could probably go through. Look, 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 like I said, I asked you guys before I even hopped on with you guys, you guys were doing a draft live stream. You told me, yes, I'm definitely hopping in for that. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. I am an absolute draft nerd, have been one well before it was cool and, and well before PFF was even a thing. Uh, I've been doing draft stuff since I was like 16, 17 years old when it was completely boring. And I was the only kid that could be 17 years old and get credentials to the to the senior bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so love this stuff. This is my favorite time of the year. So, yeah, I'll be back on for the draft. Like I said, we can do all three days. I'm down for it. So Well, definitely. Yeah, well, like, I'm glad you said that because, yeah, well, I mean, uh, we said it before, guys, but on, on the draft night, we'll be streaming it live. So mm-hmm. Xavier will be popping in. We'll have other guys that, you know, we've had on before be popping in. Uh, so yeah, you can have it on ESPN or whatever you want to watch, but you can turn them down, turn us up because we're going to be talking about it. Oh, uh, and turn off those Twitter notifications because they will oh, spoil the draft. That's right. That's They're right. Going turn, to spoil it for you every yeah, single turn, time. Yeah, turn that shit off. And we're going to have to like because we're going to have different feeds, obviously. Yeah, so we're going to yeah. have to like just wait and kind of say something or celebrate mm-hmm. like a second or two later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we don't ruin it. But uh, yeah, man. So we'll definitely have that going on. And obviously for the hundredth show, man, make sure you pop in there you uh, on the nineteenth, man. Yeah, come by and just say hey for a few minutes. But uh, yeah, Xavier, tell everybody where they can find you, man, on, on Twitter and whatnot. Yeah, all Instagram, all social media. Excuse me, are, uh, you know Xavier underscore Trish T R I C H E. Like I said, we I, I'm typically in the space every Tuesday with E Rob um, and and Ev. Uh, we kind of and we and typically the space goes all day. We typically start at about ten a.m. Finish around four p.m. Talk about whatever football, uh, you know, uh, old people. I mean, we get into just the most randomness of conversations, <laughs> man. We got a guy in there named Vaughn who we all talk about. He, he drives, you know, a, a Coupe de Ville, you know, and, and you know, he's 24. So, you know, look, like, you know, uh, so yeah, come come through to the spaces. If you have any questions for me, I'm, I'm always here to talk on, on Falcons Twitter, uh, you know, trying to create, you know, uh, a fan base that's well-informed on top of being the fiery fan base that we all know where that we are. You know what I'm saying? If we can have a well-informed one, I'm all down for it. So any conversations you want to have, even if you think I'm wrong as hell, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> because I think that those kind of conversations are necessary. Because I want to see where your head's at, and I want to see what, you know what I'm saying, and what, maybe what I can bring you as information, and maybe, you know, you give me a perspective I've never seen before. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's one of the reasons we want to have you on, man. I mean, like, we've connected with some awesome people since we started this this podcast, man. And, um, you know, just one more, you yeah, know, yeah. to add to this list, man. I mean, we, because, you know, you, uh, you know, you're rational and you do your homework and you actually watch games and you watch Mm -hmm. film and everything so you know you can put together all that stuff and that's that's why like i said we want to have those kind of folks on and that you know you're not just constantly dogging the team for Mm -hmm. you know this or that or whatever that that just gets old man and you know you've seen it and we've all seen it man so um and we need more content on social media like i'm sorry Mm -hmm. they're not if national media not gonna talk about us enough and they not like just call it what it is even when we were in the super bowl they didn't want to talk about us. They mm-hmm. want to talk about Brady. So they don't want to talk about us. So cool. We can talk so, about yeah. it. You guys ripping Vaughn. Yeah, he, yeah, Ty's been in. He knows that we talk about Vaughn. He's got a box television. He's got all these things. He shops at the grocery <laughs> store on Tuesday mornings. Funny as hell. We, we, we have titled him a 75-year-old man, and he, I think, graduated from college like two years ago. So, yeah. That's uh, fucking hilarious. Uh, Jordan's a great show as usual, guys. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, Jordan. Yeah, yeah man. Um, yeah, so – yeah, as always, guys, you guys can follow us on Twitter at Out of Your F and Mind. Uh, on TikTok, at Mike's been putting out the puzzle pieces, mm-hmm. which has basically been going through all the free agent signings and the re-signings that we've done and putting that together as, as shorts. Um, and then, uh, Mike, you can, as I bring this back up, just so you know, we all know we are brought to you by 
Don't know shit at all. Yes. Do you have problems saying you don't know? Do you have problems involving yourself in conversations where even you in retrospect be like, damn, I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. I think I should have just shut up. All right? Don't know shit at all. It's going to save your life. And I got a new thing next week. The Avengers. The Avengers are coming. I'm bringing the Avengers to Out of Your Falcon Mind. Just watch how it unfolds. It's going to be lit. That's right. And make sure y'all check out, like I said, the uh, the new one today. It's only three minutes, 15 seconds long. It's hilarious. Make sure you drop a like for it. Uh, and again, man, if you're watching this here on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the like button for us. iTunes, Spotify, drop us a five-star review as always. Like I said, uh, on iTunes, we will shout you out if you drop us a few kind words. You can email us like Rob did. Appreciate you, Rob. ATLFalconFanCast at gmail.com. Um, Xavier, again, buddy, thanks again. And I uh, look forward to having you on some more for sure, especially as the season gets going. And looking forward to that, that draft. Or, well, looking forward to the 100 shows and looking forward to the live mm-hmm. draft. Man, I'm gonna, that's, I can't wait, man. Uh, I, was, I can't wait. Man. Dude, yeah. Please go watch the 10 stages of being a Falcon fan yes, and do don't know shit at all. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So, uh, you guys, appreciate y'all watching us here tonight. Again, almost a two hour show. Uh, I know a lot of y'all like that, actually. I found out on the line from Twitter. Well, that's cool. So, because we were been trying to get it down, but we had, we got, it just flies, man. It is the time. We had just flies Xavier by. on. So, hey, come on, I mean, dog. It can't be no real facts. We can't rush Xavier <laughs> off the show. Come on, man. All right, so I'm going to end the show with a row one brand ad because I forgot to do it during the show. How about that? So you now we're going to do man. our ad break. I did. So thank you guys for watching us. As always, we will catch you all next Wednesday for show 99. Make sure you all stop in and see us. Then we got our boy Chris, our Saints friend, and we'll, we'll go ahead and call him family. He's family uh, to talk about what's going on with the Saints, get his opinion on what the guys we got from them, and just have a good discussion like we always do with Chris. So we're looking forward to it, man. Uh, Mike, take us out, brother. Out of your falcon mind. Peace. Much love. Let's be honest. You're here because you love sports. We love sports too. And our friends over at Row One Brand love sports as much as we do. Row One Brand sells sports wall art, sports gift watches, and vintage apparel with ornamental designs created from real game ticket stubs and vintage sports memorabilia in their collection. If you want some vintage Golden State Warriors memorabilia, they have that too. It's a sports collector's dream website for anything sports related. Go over to one, rowonebrand.com to check out the great inventory. And we use the promo code VSP15, you'll get 15% off any item on the whole site. That's code VSP15 for 15% off any item on the site. So click on the link below and go check them out. Row Run Brand, America's best vintage sports art, sports gifts.